Production. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's uh, May the 19th, 2016, and it's 6.23 p.m. California time, and it's time for my private audio call tonight. The first 23 minutes were spent talking with, or about 15 or so minutes were spent talking to Rocco, who used to be on our call all the time. He'd be in the chat. He also had his own call with uh, the Bo, it was called Bo and Rocco show on uh, Freedom Slips there. And uh, he called us from the Slammer. He'll be out in October if you want contact information, which I'm assuming will be coming. Um, email me. Go to the website, myprivateaudio.com, and um, we'll send you his contact info. So he'll start getting some letters, hopefully, and some money in his commissary. And uh, we've got to take care of our own, right? If we don't, who will? Anyway, tonight our special guest speaker is Sir David Andrew, brought back by popular demand. Last time he was on, it was a five-hour call. So tonight... I don't know, what did you want to talk about Black's Law or jurisdiction some more, or did you have an uh, agenda already lined up? Well, I sent you that letter. Um, the main thing I wanted to do was the Black's Law that we didn't get to last week, and uh, okay. it was four hours and, I think, four hours and 38 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot the log on it. Uh, uh, Roscoe brought up a very good point again. Uh, Roscoe. Rocco, they were ha- yeah. they were hammering him for where were you born, uh, uh, what uh, what is your, what is your date of birth, uh, and all that nonsense again, jurisdiction, 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 everything they are after is jurisdiction. I brought the point last week in regards to belligerent claimant. We need to do this again. Because some of the callers last week just didn't seem to get it. They wanted to become belligerent claimants. However, they want to argue facts. They want to argue evidence. They want to state a claim. Folks, pay attention. Belligerent claimant. This is from the United States District Court. And it's United States versus Johnson. You can find this at 76 Fed Supplement. 538, and the quote is located at page 540. This is the Middle District of Pennsylvania. The case ruling came down in February 26, 1947, and it is cited quite frequently. You can do a shepherdization on it. You will find that this is case law, and if you want to talk about common law, this is Common law. Common law is the judgment of the court. Common law or common rule is what the court decides is law. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. This is what it states in regards to being a belligerent claimant. The privilege against self-incrimination is neither accorded to the passive resistant, nor the person who ignores his rights, nor to one indifferent thereto. It is a fighting clause. 
it benefits can be retained only by sustained combat. It cannot be retained by an attorney or solicitor. It is valid only when insisted upon by the belligerent claimant in person. The one who is persuaded by honey words or moral suasion to testify or produce documents rather than make a last-ditch stand simply loses the protection. Once he testifies in part, he has waived his right and must, on cross-examination or otherwise, testify as to who's the whole transaction. He must refuse to answer or pro- pro- produce and to test the matter in co- contempt proceedings or by habeas. Wake up, folks. You hire an attorney, you accept the public pretender, they immediately file a notice of appearance, they then file a, 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 a plea of not guilty, and you're in now for the long haul, a battle. And they'll book you into the Iron Bar Hotel. They cannot put you in jail, folks, without a signature, except unless they charge you under the Patriot Act, then they don't even have to charge you. They just put you away, like they've done with the folks in Oklahoma or in Oregon and in Nevada, all being charged under the Patriot Act, and they're just throwing them in the, under the jail and throwing the key away uh, because they cannot hold you without a signature. No attorney? Gee, and you're not stupid enough to book yourself in. They can't hold you. However... A belligerent claimant is there for one purpose, to defend his rights, not to admit evidence. What is your state? Please state your name for the record. My mother calls me son. Under no circumstance do you state your name. What did it say here in Johnson? It's very plain, folks. Wake up. It's very plain. One who is persuaded by a honey words or moral suasion to testify or produce documents rather than make a last-ditch stand simply loses the protection. You state your name, you state your date of birth, you state where you're born, you've testified, folks. You're in these Talmudic tribunals, and there are no rights. The only one there to testify against you, is you. You have to learn to not testify. Argue evidence. Deny the stuff. Look what happened to Erin Schiff. He was probably one of the greatest arguers there was. He was good at it. He decided to take the beast on, and they threw him finally in jail with no hopes of ever getting out. A lot of other men I sent out earlier this week, Angela, a long list of people who wanted to do combat. And the beast got sick of their combat and just buried them behind the Iron Bar Hotel. And they had no grounds. They had, they'd committed no crimes. None of them ever committed any crimes. But the beast put them away. 
Because under Talmudic law, since March 26, 1991, they can do that. You have no rights if you proceed under what's known as code and rule pleading. And the minute you testify, you've admitted to the jurisdiction of code and rule pleading. They bring you into court under Roman civil law. And I want to stay in Roman civil law, folks. Why? Because if you open Black's Law, especially if you have the newer edition, 7, 8, and 9, you will find that they've delineated the Roman Civil Law Bill of Rights to the rear of the book. So you don't have to spend 1,500 pages to find your rights. It's all there, but sad to say, it's all in Latin. Though there is an English definition, but you have to know the Latin words to find what you're looking for, or you've got a lot of reading to do. But they've made it easier because it's about 60 or 80 pages in the back now of what's known as maximums of law. That is the only place in where your rights lie. They can't violate them if you keep them in Roman civil law. If you allow them to go into code and rule pleading, that is, you testify, they will immediately move you under code and rule pleading, which is Talmudic law, and there is no rights. They can convict you on circumstantial evidence or your own testimony. Nobody ever has to come to court to testify. The belligerent claimant is only there for one purpose, to challenge jurisdiction, 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 jurisdiction. If you quit challenging jurisdiction and you testify, you lose. There's no wins in Talmudic courts. None. Zero. You can't win a battle. I got a nasty letter earlier today from a patriot for profit uh, out of Clearwater, Florida, uh, uh, belittling and making fun of me and, and saying, oh, you're just going to go out there and make more idiots like yourself. Well, he sells combat packages. And if I teach people how to defend by defending their rights and not the case, there's a big difference between arguing the case and arguing for your rights. You want to stand for your rights, or do you want to do battle with a dragon and you're carrying a stick? Come on, wake up, folks. They're here to beat you up. The only wins in a court of controversy is if is by default. All cases are settled by default. Either defense defaulted, did something stupid, or the, the prosecution decided to discontinue prosecution. Or, if you got smart as a belligerent claimant, and you stripped the court of jurisdiction, you win. That's all there is to it. There is no going out there and battling uh, like a game of chess. People, you're a pawn. When you walk in that courtroom, you're a pawn. Hey, Alice, wake up from this bad dream. You remember what Alice was given, Angela? I don't know if anybody else is unmuted hey. here. What was Alice given on the board? Drugs? Uh, I don't remember well, exactly which. In Alice in Wonderland, they played the game of chess. Right. What piece was Alice given? Oh, by the Queen of Hearts. What piece did she give her? The 
pawn? The pawn. I remember. You remember exactly which pawn? Uh-uh. No. The queen's pawn. Okay. If there's any piece on the board that you do not want to be, is the queen's pawn. Because the queen's pawn is dead. She is going to be killed long before the game is normally over. And the queen of hearts is assigned to Alice, the queen's pawn. And it was Alice's job to move pawn queen eight. An almost impossibility. The odds are phenomenal to ever move queen pawn queen eight. Because every force and power on that board is concentrated on that center, and that queen's pawn is the first to get clobbered. The king's pawn is what they would like to take, but you have to spend all your time defending it, because if you don't defend the king's pawn, you're going to lose your king. Is she going to be put in check or checkmate? Yeah, yeah, check or checkmate. And what happens when Alice finally moved pawn, queen eight? The yeah, queen I don't of hearts remember. was extremely angry. Okay. Because the game was over. And Alice was no longer a pawn. What was now Alice? When she queen. reached pawn queen eight, she can become anything she wants to be. And she set a queen. Now she is equal to the queen of hearts. And the queen could not stand somebody standing on equal ground. Of course, when you attend this Mad Hatter's party, everyone present has legal representation except you. It's required by their rules that the clerk, the judge, the stenographer, and the inter prosecutor all have legal counsel on retainer to represent them. Let's go back to federal law, Corpus Juris Secundum, Volume 7. Section 4. Attorney and client relationship. The client is viewed and listed as a ward of the court. What is a ward of a court? Black's Law says that a ward of a court is a person of unsound mind or an infant. If you're so stupid to hire counsel, then my question comes back to you. Which one are you? Everyone in that courtroom is insane when you walk into that courtroom. It is the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. 
and they want Alice to join them. She's got to become insane, too, by hiring legal counsel. You have to have counsel, my dear. Here, have a cup of tea, or half a cup of tea. Careful not get burnt. You take the tea, you take the counsel, you're going to get burnt. The judge is the enemy general. Prosecution is the enemy officer. And if you hire an attorney to represent you, that is to represent you, you hire the enemy spy because under the rules of procedure, everything you tell him He's required to give to the prosecution. Let me repeat that. Everything you tell him, he's required to give to the prosecution. His main job of on being hired is to waive your rights, dispense with Rule 12 of the Federal Rules of Procedure, or any other state rule that corresponds to Federal Rule 12, dispose of it, and he's a, waive your rights by entering a plea. He enters a notice of appearance. Oh, wait a minute. Appearance. Uh, do you appear? What appears? Oh, demons, devils, spooks, angels, ghosts, uh, tooth fairies, uh, uh, Satan claws. Uh, they all appear, don't they? Uh, all, all fictional, mythological beasts. Look up appearance. It has to do with fictions. Appear. Are you a fiction? If you stick to your rights, they cannot determine that you're a fiction. State your name or the name of the corporation trust, which they're looking for. And, of course, it all depends on how it's spelled, folks. If you spell it in all caps, your full name, then they're looking for the corporate trust owned by the International Monetary Fund. If the name appears in all caps, with your middle initial or supposed middle initial, because that's not true either. That's another lie that they propagate. But it's considered a middle initial when it comes to the corporate trust. If it has that, then it means they're trying to prosecute you by the bar. If it's the International Monetary Fund, they're after your mind or your intellectual properties. If it's the bar with the middle initial, they are after your bank account, your money, your wealth, and possibly even your body, uh, in which they can lock up in the Iron Bar Hotel. And the federal government pays them $189 a, a, a week, uh, for uh, keeping you in a cage. Uh, lovely government we have. And the sheriffs all get paid under the table money, tax exempt, that they don't even have to bother reporting by the federal government uh, to maintain keeping their jails full. They get paid personally X number of dollars for every prisoner they have per day in, in a jail. Uh, 
There's conflict of interest up the yang-yang. When a judge finds you, a judge gets a percentage. I know the amount in the state of Florida. When you go to court in the state of Florida, the judge gets 25%. Of course, the prosecutor also gets 25%. And the arresting officer gets 25%. And the money all goes into their retirement or pension funds. Other but states, how do you know that? I mean, oh, we've looked up documents? the records. We've actually did looked up the records on this, and I, I uh, myself, and a, and a and a deputy sheriff uh, did a massive research on one particular judge in Fort Lauderdale because we were looking to find ways to bring suits against him. He was a family court judge. This judge had over a million dollars in trust funds. He owned a. A condominium on on Fort Lauderdale Beach. He owned a a, a nice townhouse in a very uh, you know uh, a closed gate community in Fort Lauderdale. He he had a a Lincoln town car. He had a uh, had a limousine. This guy had money coming out the yin yang. This judge, when you get into family court in Florida, it even gets worse. It's not only do they get paid percentages uh, in in family court for every kid. That the judge puts on child support, he's able to collect a dollar twenty-five to five dollars and twenty-five cents per child per week. Do you think there's a conflict here of interest of taking children yeah. from the family? That's, how come that's not common knowledge? How do we, we get that out? It. Susan so. Modak, myself, uh, John Alden. Uh, and, and several members of the pro se get it. We exposed this. We put it public. I had a publishing house. I even published uh, probably 10,000 copies uh, of the literature back in 1994 showing where they get it. If you go back and read the legislative annuals, which I finally found copies of the original legislative annuals, and I have copies of them. The very first uh, uh, legislature was all based on uh, on, on on fees, the sheriff did whatever he did. He got a, a half silver dollar or got a full silver dollar for everything he did, every process he served, every time he arrested somebody, he got paid uh, one one silver dollar uh, to lock him up. And the judge received the same thing. And when you read the legislation, it becomes very obvious that the sheriff was a tax collector and the judge was the tax assessor. What a scam. From the very day that, that the so-called state of Florida began in 1821, and, and, and Andy Jackson was appointed by uh, Monroe to be the first governor, and he was supposed to have been governor for, for three years. And the governor sat not only as the chief executive officer, but he also sat as a member of the legislative uh, branch of government, the state legislature as well. And all members of the legislature, the sheriffs, all judges, public officials were all appointed by the get dictator governor. And Andy Jackson saw the light, and he resigned. He says, this is wrong. This is wrong. It was all being controlled by the international bankers uh, out of Europe. And they were dictating an absolute state of servitude to the state of Florida. And they did the same thing at the Communist War of Aggression 
after the war of aggression, all the southern states were set up under the same way in which the state of Florida originally was established as as dictatorial states controlled by the international bankers. A slave state, total slavery, and people don't see it. Uh, it's going back and reading those constitutions, page after page about banking laws. What does that have to do with a constitution, banking laws? That shouldn't have even be in a constitution. But if you go back and read those constitutions, you'll find pages and pages of banking laws. They were all set up as plantations for the bankers to pick from the pockets of the unsuspecting population. And they are doing the same today, and people don't realize it. Then there's the issue that's being argued now, which is more new, and I'm still not settled on, is the upper and lower case name, which, quote, David Miller peddles. Uh, don't do it, folks. It got me two years in prison doing what David Miller says. Don't do it. And I know too many other people that did the same thing. If I'd have stuck to my guns instead of listening to Miller, I wouldn't have gone to prison. Is that You mean like that guy, David Wynn Miller? David Wynn Miller. He's a, the he's guy a, that says he was a judge? I don't know what he claims. His, his whole thing is bogus. Yeah. I landed in prison. I have had several other good friends that have landed in prison taking his advice. Don't do it. He is ill advice. I had a judge. I argued for 10 minutes, jurisdiction. And a lot of people before I went before the judge told me that, that you ought to try David Miller's stuff and spell your name instead of stating your name for the record. No, I've told you, don't ever state your name for the record. Never. You've testified the minute you state your name. Never! And after arguing with the judge for 10 minutes, I finally said, well, maybe I'll try it. So I spelled my name, upper and lower case, and the judge sat there with a big old shishire grin with his arms folded and smiled and looked down at me and says, I now have jurisdiction. We shall proceed. Thanks, David Miller. Thanks. I testified, which I knew I should not as a belligerent claimant. I testified. And I gave the black-robed devil jurisdiction. There's a question, Angela. Do you know what the, the word term black-robed devil means? Black-robed devil? Well, when I hear it, I think of a judge immediately or a priest. So. Or a priest. It applies it applies to or, or any any, yeah. any any minister, any five hundred one c three minister especially. Yeah. They're all black robe devils because their their sole job is to beat their parishioners into paying the infernal revenue money that they don't owe. Earnshift made a lot of it very clear. You don't owe anything, folks. Where's the proof that you owe anything? The only ones required to to file income tax are federal employees. Let me tell you something. I was a federal employee until March of 1989. The last time I ever filed anything was in 1975, and the IRS came after me in 82, and I beat them. I beat them. Again, no signature, no ticky. Your signature is your most valuable asset you could ever have. 
don't give it away. A fool and his money is soon parted. Your signature is your most valuable asset. Don't give it away. They shove it. The minute you walk into a courtroom, they shove paper here, sign here. You walk into a jail, here, sign here. You want to book yourself in? You want to, you want to give the court jurisdiction? Yeah, sign. Even when you when they ask to take your personal things like your jewelry or absolutely your name, not whatever if they you want sign, you to sign for it. If you sign for it, then you've given them permission to take it. If you don't sign it, it's theft. Want to make sure you're carrying silver in your pocket. Then you can prosecute them under constitutional law. Is that right? That's right. If you're there's two only two ways they can legally lock you up outside of the Patriot Act. There's only two grounds in which they can lock you up without a grand jury indictment, and they don't get those anymore either. They get what's called a pocket jury indictment. If the prosecutor is in the in the jury chamber with the grand jury, then it is not a grand jury. The grand jury is convened by the foreman of the grand jury, and the grand jury does the investigation, not the prosecutor. And the grand jury has the right to call the defendant and witnesses for the defense as well as witnesses for the prosecution. But they, they, they don't even allow have the, the right. They, they don't allow have... the defendant to, uh, to be heard by the grand jury. They so it's allow... not a grand jury. They even allow uh, they allow, you're allowed to make the prosecutor get out of the room while you talk to the jury. Also. Absolutely. And he has no right to be in there during any witness's testimony. None. Zero. Nada. It's up to the foreman of the jury to question the witness, not the prosecutor. And the problem with the prosecutors is that they 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 can manipulate the witnesses. Right. They intimidate. Intimidate. Well, here's how much they intimidate. I was called as a witness in a trial for grand jury. In night back in night two thousand five, and the prosecutor found out that I was there, and he tried to get the deputies to arrest me, and they finally ordered me and removed me from the courthouse and would not allow me to testify before the grand jury. One other witness had knowledge to what I was to testify about. And they did get to testify before the grand jury, but the minute they started to enter the same testimony that I was going to testify about, the prosecutor immediately removed them from the grand jury room and would not allow them to testify in regards to that part of the case. Two of us were there to, to testify against a former public pretender who was involved in a RICO action, a swindle. The prosecutor would not allow charges to be brought against a fellow attorney. In fact, there was actually three attorneys that were involved in this RICO action, and only actions were brought against five of the defendants. And lo and behold... Before the thing could actually get to trial, they had a change in county judges. And one of the attorneys that was actually 
part of the RICO conspiracy grand theft, became the county judge. And he dismissed the charges against his five co-defendants. The prosecutor came back and tried to rebring it before the grand jury again. Governor Spitzer ordered her to stand down. Oh, the governor was also part of the conspiracy to defraud. That is why Spitzer was forced to resign, not because of a prostitution. That was only a cover. He was facing he was facing charges for uh, misappropriation of public funds for personal gain. He stood to make millions of dollars using public money and using his office as governor to do it. Nice people. Nice people. Well, yeah, uh, they only have your best interest at heart. Uh-huh. Right? But I was not allowed to testify because I could finger each and every one of the players. I had met with them. I'd been in meetings. I'd been offered 2% of the take if I'd keep my mouth shut. They made a bad mistake. They decided they weren't going to pay me my 2%. They tried to kill me. Oh, my. I would state evidence. Nice people. I didn't like the thing to begin with. I got forced in it. I got forced into the whole operation. And the deeper I got in, the farther I found that it was crooked as all get out. It was swindle up the yang-yang. But they were dealing in millions and millions of dollars. Not a good thing, Angela. Not a good thing. There is no such thing as a grand jury. They cannot hold you unless they charge you under the Patriot Act under under Riverside versus McLaughlin. Are you familiar with that case? Not at all. People I've heard of it. People go to what is it called again? Riverside versus McLaughlin. I keep telling people go to SirDavidAndrew.com. 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 Go there. There's all sorts of legal documents and case law and, and and things you can download. What I'm reading from is case law, 5th uh, edition. I'm hopefully going to be updating this this year and adding some more documents. But if you scroll down to, I think it's page, uh, it, it's page one at the bottom. You have Davis versus Mississippi. In Davis, Mississippi, we have... 394 U.S. 721. It's a 1966 case. Gee, what other case do you know of came out of 1996? A very important case. Any idea, Angela? Um, paper, Paperwork Reduction Act? No, <laughs> that was... Like, um, that was no, no. Um, that was ninety-seven. I don't. I'm all, I'm lost. What? 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 Miranda else? versus Arizona. Oh. One hundred and four pages. Okay. You have the right to remain silent. Everything you say can and will be used against you. Did I get that? You have the right to remain silent. Everything you say can 
and will be used against you. You know what? I'm just now noticing. I just clicked on your link to go to your website. Anybody else that's done that? I've got. I didn't. I've. It's. It's spelled right on the website, but the link didn't take. It still has last week's Bob McNeil's website is still in the link. The Ram versus IRS. I apologize for that, David. I didn't do that on purpose. David Andrews, Sir David Andrews' website is sirdavidandrew.com. That's all you have to type is just that right there. Do not put www. You won't get me. Just sirdavidandrew.com. Case law, fifth edition. It opens in Word. Uh, it open in Word. Uh, um, what is it called? Oh boy, I can't even think. Word docs. Um, Word doc. No, I, it's real simple. Um, uh, WordPad. You know, oh. Most people have got WordPad on their computer. It'll open with WordPad. The very, the very first, second case is Miranda versus Arizona. And if you don't know where to find it, folks, it's three eighty four U.S. four thirty six. And the main quote is at page four seventy five, nineteen sixty six. It's 111 pages, the case was. And the Supreme Court tried to gut Miranda uh, on March 25th or 28th, 19, uh, or 2005, while everybody was watching the murder of Terry Schiavo. The Supreme Court tried to gut Miranda. And now they've uh-huh. made, it, made it that you have to tell a police officer your name if he stops and frisks you. He has no right, first of all, to stop you, and second of all, he has no right to frisk you. But the Supreme Court, in all of its wisdom as being deity, almighty God, uh, they have given the, the Gestapo the right to violate your rights. You have the right to come and go and please as long as you're not violating anybody else's rights. But they mandate that you have to testify yourself and produce evidence. I got to see some ID. You're providing evidence. As the one gentleman there back when Kurt was on, the guy from uh, Maryland, I think it was Ron or Robert. Oh, Ranger Ron. Huh? Ranger Ron. He was talking about stopping, you know, and asking. Well, if I, if I. If I show you my driver's license, uh, are you going to use that against me? If I show you my ID, are you going to use it against me? You bet he is. You bet he is. He's going to use it against you. Miranda versus Arizona. He doesn't have a right to see your ID. So what have that right? What if you said to the police officer, I have an ID, you want to see it? Give me $5,000. I've done that before, too. <laughs> I mean, you have the right to do that, right? You want a contract with me? Here's you want a contract with me? Hey, $5,000, and I'll Here show you, you my ID. That's what I told the guy when he came to my door. I wanted to look at my pool in my backyard. I have a no trespass sign contract on the window right next to my door. And he said, so you're not going to let me see your pool? I said, sure. You can see my pool. It's just going to cost you ten grand. No <laughs> problem. He turned around and left. That was it. That's it. 
And that's what Kurt was trying to point out with the plates that he's issuing is, oh. is you have a prepared statement that you give the cop, and uh, if you'll take the time to read it, uh, they normally will leave. As as Ranger Rod said, that uh, he's twice been stopped now, and uh, twice the cops read his little paperwork and uh, held him for about 20 minutes and then finally told him, have a nice day. And that's the key. Um, I don't know what the paperwork Kurtz has says. Um, whatever he's doing, he's doing something right. He's doing yeah. something right. Because if the cops are walking, uh, they're recognizing the liability. Of course, under Mo 2 Pro, Pro Prio, uh, of July 13, 2013, the Pope Francis issued a papal bull uh, stating that public officials no longer have the right of immunity. And if they violate people's rights, they're subject to being prosecuted for civil damages. Up until until that point, there was no 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 accountability. The Supreme Court gave all public officials basic immunity under brisk, uh, uh, Briscoe versus LaHue, in which the Supreme Court ruled that anyone testifying on behalf or acting on behalf of the state or the government in any way, shape, form, or manner had the, had the, had the total immunity from being prosecuted even for perjury. It was okay for them to lie, and if you don't think so, well, watch the O.J. trial. That was a prime example of lies, lies, lies. And when Mark Furman got on the stand, his lawyer stood there right beside him and advised him to state, what? I take my Fifth Amendment, what? Privilege. I take my Fifth Amendment privilege. Five times Mark Furman stated, I take my Fifth Amendment privilege. He lied. He was paid to lie by the prosecution from the time of the word go. The whole thing was a frame-up. No, O.J. Simpson didn't commit the murder. The Los Angeles Sheriff's Department investigated the crime, and that's why the trial finally came to a screeching halt. The chief investigator for the Los Angeles PD, Garth Wayne, submitted his report to the judge, and the judge freaked and ordered them to, to end the prosecution and send it to jury. He didn't want the sheriff's testimony to come on to record. They had found that three Colombian hitmen had did the murder. Ron Goldman was a drug dealer. He was about to turn state evidence. The facts are is that Bill Clinton... Casper Weinberger, Diane Swinstein, and a federal judge in Los Angeles were all involved on the drug operations. And Goldman was going to testify against them. And O.J. Simpson had announced he was going to run for Congress. Swinstein made sure she didn't want any more blacks in Congress, especially Republican blacks. So they wanted to take O.J. out. So by killing Goldman, 
and blaming O.J., they got two birds with one stone. And who ordered the hit? Oh, Bill Clinton made a deal with Juan Carlos. Who's he? Oh, he's the Colombian drug lord that we put away in 1989. Grand jury conviction and tried. He got 135 years. Uh, 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 excuse me, he got life plus 135 years without any chance of parole. But Bill Clinton pardoned good old Carlos. And Carlos Hitman killed Goldman and framed O.J. And the Los Angeles Sheriff Department report gives all the details. Garth Brook or Garth Weens was the man who filed the report. He's now dead. He was killed in August of 2004. You might want to go back and look at those things. Where do you, know you find you got those access things? To them, you can find them. I had copies. Yeah. I had actual copies of Garth's sworn testimony. Oh, you should put it on the internet immediately. I need. To, I did it. have it up long ago. I need to go back and find all those yeah. documents and and put it back up. You're right. I need to put it all back up where it belongs. But Clinton pardoned him. The only one that didn't get pardoned under the Clintons was who? Do you remember? No, who? Hillary's law partner. Oh, Vince Foster? No. She murdered him in the, on the White House. She shot him uh, dead in cold blood. And that's, that's full documented grand jury indictment. She was indicted for the murder of Vince Foster. Wow. I don't know if you realize that. They have I tape recordings of her staff members discussing how they, two hours before Foster's body was found in Washington Park, they had two, uh, two hours before tape recordings of Hillary's staff members discussing between her Arkansas office and her Washington office what they were going to do to dispose of the body that was laying on the, Washington, or on the uh, White House lawn. FBI got tape recordings of all that. No prosecutions ever become because the Attorney General office refuses to prosecute. She's going to be the next president of the United States. No, ma'am. She cannot. That's who they've got lined up for the office. No, it's a we scam. We have nothing to do with it. It's a total scam. Well, yeah. Well, Hillary Clinton has been dead since May of 2011. What? She's dead. She was killed in the White House, just like Vince Foster was. All over this issue of the ambassador... Yeah. She became a public embarrassment. And it's not certain whether Obama Nation axed her or whether Billy axed her, but both of them were in in the office and they got in one very heated debate. Do you think Hillary Clinton, as much of a, a, a power-hungry, greedy woman as she is, would have ever resigned as Secretary of State? The running of her for public office is strictly a scam to to frisk millions of dollars in contributions. That's all it is. And if you watch very carefully, uh, will the real Hillary please stand up? There are four different women out there going around doing campaign speeches. Four different women. 
Which one's the Hillary? Take a look, folks. I saw you know, an article the other day on Hillary, and it had three pictures in it. And all yeah. three pictures that were in the news article were three different women. They were not the same woman. Huh. People are blind. She's dead. Henry Kissinger's dead. George Bush Sr. is dead. He died in January 2014. He died of, of pneumonia. Henry Kissinger died of lead poisoning on December the 7th, 2010. Uh, the Chinese took care of him because, if you remember, he sold them a bunch of fake gold bricks. You don't want to mess with a Chinese dragon like that. They come back and they, they ax you. <laughs> and if you don't think Henry Kissinger's dead... He was appointed to the president's cabinet in September of 2010. Now, there's another man who's power-hungry and greedy. Do you think he'd ever resign his office? He was appointed by abomination to be a member of the president's cabinet in September. However, come January, Henry Kissinger was no longer a member of the cabinet. Gee, Three months, and he resigned? Does that sound like Henry Kissinger to you? And if you listen to the woman out there, giving, or women giving the speeches for Hillary, do they sound as aggressive, mean, nasty, belligerent? If you want a belligerent woman, there is a belligerent woman, Hillary Clinton. She permeates with belligerency. And she looks at everybody else as being peasants and down to. Take a look at the women out there campaigning. You don't get that attitude, other than one of them. One of them has a good close personation. The others don't have it. In fact, one of the women is, is sort of fat, and the other, and one of them is sort of skinny. So, gee, does Hillary have a, a weight problem like uh, uh, Oprah that she keeps bouncing up and down every every week? <laughs> 20 pounds, 30 pounds, weight loss. Yeah, you know, I I noticed she looked different, you know, in a couple of different commercials. But, you know, a lot of times they take old footage and reuse it, you know, if they can. And and so there may be age discrepancies. But I don't know. I'm not – I don't like her. I don't don't like any of them, though. But – And I continually tell people Jeb Bush is the next president of the United States. And they can't. They, they just can't seem to get that in their head. It's a done deal. At the Republican convention, Jeb Bush is going to be nominated from the floor. If Trump makes it that far, they're just going to boot him. Yeah. If you don't understand politics here, people, it's rigged. Look what just oh. happened in Brazil. They just took down the the president of Brazil, and they just appointed. Uh, a Orthodox Jew as the new president of Brazil. Why? Because the the Jewish bankers in New York are having problems uh, uh, getting rid of their Federal Reserve notes. And Brazil was part of BRICS, and BRICS is refusing to accept Federal Reserve notes. In fact, almost every country in the world right now is refusing to accept Federal Reserve notes. They won't sell anything. Stores are going to get real short. Because since the first of the month, they've cut off supplies. 
They will not accept Federal Reserve notes. Uh, the only ones left in Asia or the Pacific Rim uh, is, is Taiwan, Japan, South Korea. And I think Indonesia still is. Even Australia and New Zealand have stopped taking Federal Reserve notes. Wake up, people. Anybody ever look at the Baltic Index? The Baltic Index keeps track of the ships that are on the Atlantic Ocean. There's almost nothing on the Atlantic Ocean, folks. There's nothing coming to North America. A handful of ships is all you're going to see. There used to be at least 300 to 3,000 ships on the Atlantic Ocean until the first of this year. And then it just went... Most European countries will not accept Federal Reserve notes. Federal Reserve Bank has been bankrupt since March of last year. Bankrupt. You want to take something from somebody that's bankrupt? An IOU that has absolutely no guarantee that you're going to be able to get anything of value in return? Think about that. There's no guarantees. And they don't have to guarantee anything. They're in bankruptcy. So they're immune from prosecution. So why would any... They're in receivership. Why would anybody want to accept anything from them because there's no protection? But yet they're not telling the general public these things. Of course, if you don't read news from other countries, you won't see it. Newspapers and other reporting services and wires out of Europe, as well as Asia, are reporting this on a daily basis. And a lot of economists have come forward in the United States and reported it. In fact, most economists in this country doesn't give the economy of this country to the 4th of July, and they are expecting a total collapse. Whether it happens or not, time will tell. But things do not look good on the market. Is How long can they float a dollar if there's no goods being brought in? When the stores don't have anything to sell, then what? Walmart has laid off 1,800 employees. I've been told possibly even more. 500 were at their main office in Arkansas. I have a friend who drives tractor trailer, and he says he's hauling for Walmart, and he says he's hauling half loads. They don't have the goods. They don't have the inventory to be able to stock the shelves of their stores. It's getting real thin. And people don't realize what's going on. Oh, they've got a lot of stuff put away in warehouses. But what happens when the warehouses run dry? Then the American people just might see. The question is how long before they run out. In any case, that's a whole other subject from dealing with law. We were looking at Miranda. Uh, I'll go back. you have any other questions on that? <laughs> I totally shocked you. 
Well, we, we've covered a lot of territory. <laughs> now, me, I, uh... I, I talk with people in other countries on a daily basis. I actually, uh, by telephone, I have, a, I have a landline here where we can call out, and I talk to people in other countries, uh, and as well as, of course, you have Skype, and we have a couple other Internet connections as well if we have to use it. But it's not good what's going on. And this thing that just took place in Brazil is really not good. Uh, I, I expect that China is going to step in and probably do a naval blockade on Brazil. I had a friend of mine just went there for a month. Not a safe place to be. Mexico's not a safe place either. You know it's a war zone in Mexico? They don't even put it on the news. Yeah, I've got I friends hear. that have been there and back, and they'll tell you it's an absolute war zone. It's divided up right now into 12 separate divisions. There are 12 warlords or drug lords who have been at war with each other. It's, it's a mafiosa control down there, and they're all fighting each other. And there's Thousands of people are dead in Mexico, but you won't find out on the 630 News. And they, it's divided right now into 12 zones or 12, or 12 separate states under the control of 12 different drug lords. And it's not safe to travel anywhere in Mexico. They try to keep the tourist areas open for best they can uh, with heavy military uh, guard. But beyond the restricted tourist areas, you don't want to be anywhere else in Mexico. They're trying to keep a facade that everything's okay, and it's not. It's not. Well, I ain't going there. <laughs> not a good place. Guatemala was the same way until this past election. Right now, Guatemala has a decent uh, president. It's going to be curious to see where this goes under the new presidency in Guatemala. Because remember, Let's get they had back a coup. to Black huh? Law. Black huh? Law, that was interesting when you were starting to talk about Black's Law. Yeah. And our the maxims in the back of the book. Yes. It's all in Latin. And Isn't there a Latin translation somewhere online? Or? No. Oh, no, all, all Black's Law gives you the definitions, you know, in English. But you ha you have to look at the the Latin and how many people today read Latin. Even most Catholic priests today don't read Latin. Yeah, what? and the mass used to be always given in Latin, <laughs> but they don't even do it anymore. Right, uh, right. And I got a friend who used to be a Catholic priest, and I call him sometimes and ask him to try to help me out with the Latin. He says, "Hey." Come on, Dave, it's been 20 years. I can't remember all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't use it, you lose it. I guess you got to find a good Jesuit somewhere. I don't know, I guess. It, it, trying to find a Latin dictionary is very difficult to do also. That's true. I've never seen one, actually. I'd love to see a Latin-English dictionary. That way you could do a cross-reference between terms. Um and I just haven't been able to find one. Okay, Miranda was six. We're going back to Davis versus Mississippi. Davis, Mississippi. Your photograph and fingerprints are your property. Do not give these away. Do not sign anything. Your sign manual is your property. 
Do not give it away. Especially, do not sign... I got something overlapping. Do not sign booking sheets or hotel registries. You know, that's what the booking sheet is. You're registering yourself in the Iron Bar Hotel. They are required to... to this thing's giving me troubles. My pages are... I can't read my pages. Your property, to give away, especially do a sign fingerprint card. Do not sign fingerprint card. Uh, you know, that's the first thing they're going to do to you. Uh, under federal law, they cannot photograph you. They cannot take your photograph, mugshot of you in prison or in county jail until you sign the fingerprint card. They're required to get your signature on the fingerprint card before they can take your picture or take your fingerprints. If you don't sign the card, they can't do either, by law. However, there's a real problem. Are you prepared to take a beating? I wouldn't sign a fingerprint card. They took me in the back room and twice beat me and gave me the card. Twice I did not sign it. The, the, the lieutenant of the guard came in and he hands me a new card. I wrote on it, uh, uh, I wrote on it, uh, um, not a I wrote on a card. I didn't write my name. I refused to give him my name. And he brings a card in and he says, you will sign this and you will do as I tell you to do or we're going to take you in the back room and we're going to beat you some more. What do you do at that point? What do you do at that point? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, I've never been in that position. I have a woman yes. in, in, in Michigan. She may even be listening. They, the judge tried to get her to sign some stuff in a courtroom. She wouldn't do it. One of my students. They took her in a back room in a courtroom, and they beat her, and they kidney punched her. She lost a kidney over the deal. They brought her back in. She still wouldn't sign. The judge says, I'm going to throw you in the county jail. And he says, you can stay there till you decide you want to sign the paperwork. What do you do when the court is that corrupt? I don't know. I even no, got I beat. I even got beat while I was in a courtroom. I was in chains, and a bailiff beat me, and he ordered me to keep my mouth shut when the judge walked in. The public pretender and the, and the prosecutor both were in the courtroom and witnessed the beating. Under federal law, Title 18, Section 4, they are required to report a crime to the judge immediately. They both kept their mouth shut. And when I got up to the court, the judge looked at me kind of funny because him and I personally knew each other, and he couldn't understand why I wouldn't say anything. He wanted me to talk, and I didn't seem to want to talk. This bail is standing there with his, it, with his finger rubbing it into my, into my side, uh, you know, and he's got the whole of the chains uh, on me. And I didn't know what to do. What am I going to do? And the public pretender looked at me and says, you need to hire an attorney. I says, you need to tell the judge what happened. And they dragged me out of the courtroom. Not a good thing. 
not a good. No, that's terrible. It's just awful. I took seven beatings. Twice I got beat for because the bailiffs tried to take the Bible from me. They wouldn't allow me to bring the Bible into the courtroom. And because I wouldn't give it to them, they beat me. And then they took the Bible. They did it twice. Unbelievable. And the warden com- ordered them not to do it. After they did it the first time, he ordered them not to do it. But they did it again. Because the judge didn't want me to bring a Bible into the courtroom. Because that's how I challenge jurisdiction. Opposing law is not the Bible, a law book. Yeah, the number one one. <laughs> and the question is, who's the superior Lord? His or mine? While we're there, we'll deal with the flag issue. People like to challenge the flag. What you say, folks, doesn't matter. The only thing that matters on appeal is what that black-robed devil says. Oh, by the way, if anybody can tell me, please, I'd like to hear a volunteer, somebody listening out there, let's see if somebody knows what's going on. Can you tell me what the definition of the term black-robed devil means? Can you tell me? Was it Star 8? Star 8, let, let Angela have you come up and tell us what the word black-robed devil is. This is the problem we're dealing with. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. You hear a word, you hear a term. If you don't know what it means, how can you use it? If you don't know what it means. Red Beckman wrote a book entitled Black Robe Devil. Do you remember Red Beckman's book? Yeah. Red Beckman and his wife have been a guest in my home. Very honored guest. You know, very pleased to have them come and, and stay in my home. That's a long time ago. That's... 1994 it's a long time but he wrote a book called Black Robe Devil what does the term mean does anybody know where does the word why do they wear black robes where does the black robe come from does anybody know that there's two laws here that are involved two things that are involved black robe and the word devil and they're put together why are they put together what do they mean we'll get into that as soon as we does out. it have to do with death? Huh? Oh, it has Does absolutely. The black robe has to do with death. Yes. Okay. Do you know what law, Angela? Roman? No. Civil? No, it's oh. English common law. Oh, okay. It's where it, oh. the, the black robe comes from Roman rule. Yes, it comes from Roman rule, but it's under English common law that they went to wearing the black robe. So no judges and huh? devils are equivalent. <laughs> the problem is, is people don't know what a devil is. They've listened to the King James lies all their lives. You know, I'm looking at a website right now, and it's called StopThePirates.blogspot, and it mentions the belligerent claimant, the temples of Baal. Is it's this called what? The belligerent claimant. No, what's the website? It's called Stop the uh, Stop the Pirates. Stop dot, the Pirates. Uh huh. Dot blogspot dot com. Dot blogspot. Yeah. Dot com. Gotta write that down. Dot com. I've never heard of the site. 
cool. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she, the first thing on here is a picture of Doctor of uh, the judge, the woman on TV, whatever. And Dr. it's a Judy? temple. Yeah. The temples of Baal, Baal and the black robed devils. That's got to be my stuff. <laughs> I would think it is. It sounds like you. But anyway. I have no idea who that is or what it is. In any case, if somebody can tell us, please tell us what these mean. Or, you know, or do you believe the lies of King James? By the way, King James well, is not What does it a... mean? Well, I was hoping somebody could star six and tell us. Let me look. I haven't even looked at the... Star eight? Oh, we've got three people up in line with their hands up. Yeah, you know, let, let's let's see if somebody can tell us, or if they got a question. I, all right, here we go. Okay. All right, hang I, on, I'm here right here. Hang on. Oh shoot, where's my phone? My phone cut out. Uh, oh no, uh, I can wait. hear you. Okay, give me five milliseconds here. Okay. Um, uh, I gotta jump in. I was gonna ask a question about the Supreme Court, but I I must jump in about that stop the pirate stop block spot. Okay. Uh, it's crap. Oh. It yeah. Is? It it that the ball thing and then what happens he also he also mixes in the HJR and then the and then the A for V's and then he mixes in with the uh Sesta case. Okay. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Uh you might see some of it on YouTube. His name is Jeff. But okay. uh, and then he he's he's one of He's the one where I first uh, found out about the uh, QCIP number junk with the Social Security card. Okay. Yeah, so you got to be careful with that stuff. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are that are trying to create appearance of copying me, and you're right. What they're what they're putting out is crap, and it's not even anything like what I do. That's just totally alien. But yet they're using terminology to appear as if they were me. Yeah. Uh and quickly, uh you said something about how they say like how the Supreme Court is like kinda of all powerful and stuff. Uh were you just saying that in uh were you just saying that uh normally like way or is it or do they do they have some power in the way uh, just based on our based on most of our dumbed down perceived notion of the Supreme Court? I mean, because most of us know that Supreme Court isn't that powerful, really. Uh, it's really, I mean, it's usually a court of record is more powerful. They're sitting as almighty God is what they are doing, or almighty deity. And you see, people don't understand. Government is a religion. All governments are religion, and these black robed devils have taken it to an absolute extreme that they can dictate the law, just like they have with queers in their marriage. Most states have got laws against homosexual marriages, but yet the Supreme Court and, and, and some black-robed devil in a, in, a, in a lower court has issued edicts that all states have now got to allow homosexual marriages. Wait a minute. They've got laws against such. Look at what's going on in Alabama right now. The Supreme Court of Alabama issued a ruling that it's against the law for sodomite marriages in the state of Alabama and that no public official is required to comply with the court order. Now, that's under the Tenth Amendment, states' rights. Are you saying that Alabama does not have states' rights? What have they done? They've just ordered that, that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Alabama be removed under investigation, they have removed him from his office while they're investigating whether he, uh, whether what 
he and the Supreme Court did were, uh, what do you call it, bigotry? Uh, you know, um, no, they were enforcing Alabama law. And does the state have a right to? Yes. However, states' rights have been done away with, folks. There are no states' rights. It's all dictatorial stuff right out of Washington, D.C. It's whatever the president or whether the Supreme Court orders. They are almighty deity. They control, and whatever their whim is, presidential order or Supreme Court order, that's the law, the law of the land. Since when is the Supreme Court supposed to make law? They aren't. They're supposed to, to define law or to, uh, in, to, the, to rule on the constitutionality of. They don't do that anymore. They just rule the Constitution out the window, and they, they uh, rule as they please. Next thing you're going to now you go look what you got. You got co-ed bathrooms. I just sent an email out tonight. Uh, Alveda King has really come down hard. She's been harping on it for two weeks. And done at least four emails I've put out on Alveda King. She just hit them real hard yesterday, and I mailed that out again tonight. And I come down on them, folks. I've already seen co-ed restrooms, uh, and and have been in a very embarrassing situation on a railroad station they actually had a co-ed bathroom which i had the interesting pleasure of uh doing uh, there were two doors one marked men and one marked woman i walked in and some women walked in the other door when we got on the other side of the doors we met each other The two doors went to the same restroom, and there was rows of toilets and urinals and sinks, and there we stand. Hey, when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> uh, embarrassing situation. That was way back in, but I think probably 1999, uh, maybe a little bit earlier. The Clintonistas started doing that in various places just to test the system to see how far they could get away with co-ed bathrooms that's how they started that's why they did this family bathroom stuff yeah and what are they what are they mandating right now they're demanding that boys and girls in the public fool system indoctrination centers use the same restroom you want a teenage boy in a restroom with a teenage girl unsupervised do you think that's a really intelligent idea well i'll tell you what's coming next folks and I've seen it, I've seen it try to happen because I taught for five years in public pool, and I saw it coming. There was there was a temple I was teaching twenty years ago. Co-ed showers. It was bad enough having queers come into the boys' shower room and try to get the little boys to do do a job for them. Uh, that was bad enough. What's going to happen? You put teenage girls and teenage boys in the same shower room. It's coming, and don't don't expect abomination won't give such a presidential order before he's done. You know, I almost fainted after you said it's coming. I I, I just didn't. I I took the way, but what? Um, um, okay. Then they can uh, have you, real you, sex education in school, folks. They can really have <laughs> sex education. It's hands on. It's not just well, look, a textbook. Well, it's hands on. Wait till the camera. Wait till the wait till they put the cameras in the showers first, and then we can learn from them. You know, we got to look at the bright side on it. Um, 
but I'm gonna yield back and then uh, thank you very much, Angela. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, for the record, uh, Chuck Barris. He was with the CIA. Uh, I heard he. Uh, I heard he died like five days after the Gong Show aired or something like that. But it wasn't CIA related. Apparently, it's because the show sucked so badly. I don't know if you ever heard that. There was another CIA hit just here a few days ago. I don't remember who the man was, but somebody was hit by the CIA. Okay. All right. Uh, it, take care, You, don't, you can't tell us who black, what the black robe devil means? Means the well, uh, um, accuser? Something like that. What What did you say? No, not Paul, Angela. Let him say. Okay. No, I, I was listening to Angela, too. I was trying to guess, too, but I, she might have got I I think that's what it was, a false accuser or something. Well, I went to your website, David. And uh, you're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Sir David. He's the devil. There you go. No, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm only serious. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, it too, my brother. It says on your website. Thank you. It says on your website, right. there is nothing he can do for being called a black-robed devil since he is wearing a black robe, and the term devil means false accuser. It means false accuser. But yet King James told you it means demon, didn't he? In fact, everybody of these black robe devils in the pulpit go around, demons this and demon, oh, the demon's going to pounce on you. King James taught demonology for one purpose, to scare the peasants so they wouldn't go into the woods because he told them the demons hid in the forest, and therefore the peasants wouldn't go into the forest to hunt the king's meat because the king owned, claimed he owned the deer. Oh, that's where the scam began, but you won't find the word demon anywhere in the King James Bible. He deliberately mistranslated the word demon. In fact, there are four different words that are mistranslated as devil. And the word diabolus, Greek is diabolus, and the word for demon in Greek is diomen. Uh, and diabolus means false accuser. Only two times, Angela, is the word false accuser translated correctly in the in the King James Bible. Would you happen to know where that is? No. Tell me. Timothy and Titus, it says that women, be ye not false accusers or gossipers in some, some English translations. But the King James says false accuser. It's the only two times the King James translates the word diabolus correctly. And in other types of uh, Bibles... It says gossip. Do you know, women do you, be not gossipers. Falsely accuse. What does but the black robe devil do? The, but is the word demon in the other Bibles? Some of the newer translations use the word demon, yes. Okay. Uh, I, I believe the American Standard and the Revised Standard use the word demon. King James uses the word King, devil throughout. Uh, the King James okay. mistranslated the word angel as well, but people don't know that. Uh, angel means messenger. It means messenger, but in the old, in the Septuagint version, the word angel, I believe, appears 186 times in the Septuagint, and the word is angelos, but it only appears something like uh, 68 times in the King James Bible. Ah, gee, why did they translate 68 times angel and all the rest of them something else? I don't know why. What did it mean? Because because of their 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 felonious doctrine of, of funny little beam with wings that f- fly down from heaven, uh, you know, spirit <laughs> beings. There's no such thing, folks. No, but the, it the means... scripture never taught such doctrine. In fact, it was not taught 
even by Israelites. It was not taught until after the time of Nehemiah, that is, from the return from Babylon. Angels is a Babylonian doctrine, and, huh? and it came out of Babylon. Demons was, is a doctrine created by the Catholic Church. Uh. Jerome uh, created what's known as the fallen angel theory. There's an article on my page about Jerome, and I'm going to be updating that hopefully this year. Got a whole bunch more stuff. There's some things in there on Jerome. I said, hey, I didn't know the answer. I now know it. There's, a, what, there's the, what's called the matrix in, in, a, in a portrait of Jerome, and I didn't understand the matrix at the time. I do now. Um, and I'm going to be publishing that, bringing the matrix forward. Uh, Jerome is, is pictured uh, with a skull in, in the picture. He's got his finger on the temple of the skull, Knights of Templar. Uh, he's the founder, folks. He he's he is the father uh, of the Knights of Templar, and and people don't understand this. They say, well, the Knights of Templar came up in the 1100 A.D. Well, that was some seven eight hundred years after uh, Jerome. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's based upon the teachings of Jerome, is where their doctrine comes from. The Crusaders uh, were Jerome worshippers. And he created the doctrine of Lucifer from fallen angel. It never existed prior to the time of Jerome. And then he had, took all the evil deities of all the world religions, and he made them as demons. And all the good deities, they all became angels. And people don't seem to understand what they did was trying to create a one-world religion, taking all the religions of the world and putting them into one nice little package and then trying to sell it. What a scam. Uh, they even changed the deity and the, and the deity uh, definitions of, of what was deity under Jerome. Um, the Nicene Council taught totally different than what Jerome. I don't agree with what they did. I agree with what Orban taught, and he argued with Constantine over, and he, Orban wrote the Apostles' Creed. I have no problem with it, and it's totally contrary to the um, Nicene Council, but the Nicene Council is far more correct than the councils of Ephesus, which is what is taught by 99.9% of Judeo-Christian today. It's dead wrong. The doctrine of deity is dead wrong, and it all came from Jerome, uh, and people don't understand it. Um, those are whole another issues. My doctorate thesis was entitled Lucifer. Well, the real Lucifer please stand up. Most people are unaware, but there are nine different doctrines of Lucifer within Christendom. Plus, there's all the doctrines, if you go back and study Roman uh, religion or Greek religion, they also had their doctrines on what Lucifer was. Uh, boy, when you, especially when you start looking at Greek theology and take a look at Jerome's theology, big difference. Big difference. But people don't understand. Uh, and that's a subject that really opens a can of worms. Uh, Do you want to take some more questions? There's yeah. Some it, it, all right. We now understand. So the, the guy, you blew it. Uh, you gave it away, Angela. I wanted to see if there was somebody that actually knew. Okay. Oh, Angela's told sorry. us that the word devil means accused, me, means accuser. accused uh, a false accuser. False and what does a judge do? He's there immediately to accuse you, and he's there to get you or con you into accusing yourself. 
And I have seen a judge go from being a judge to being a witness to being, uh, to being a prosecutor, all in the same hearing. I've had it happen to me. I've had it happen to other friends. I had one case where I went as counsel for an Indian chief in a case, and I mean, I have never been in a court like this. It was a circus. The judge kept, every time I did, I protested or, or, or took, a, took an exception to what he was doing. He'd look over at the clerk and he says, can you do that? What do I do next? Do you think you're in Alice in Wonderland when you got a judge that has occasionally asked the clerk what he does next? <laughs> and they finally says, well, you got to be an attorney. Are you an attorney? No. He says, then I order you to shut up. You can't say anything more in this courtroom. You ha- you got you to be a member of the state bar. I says, where in the law does it say that? He says, I'll hold you in contempt. I says, fine, hold me in contempt. The prosecutor then looked at me and says, are you? He says, if you're not an attorney, what are you? I looked at him and I says, I'm a barrister. He took his right toe, put it behind his left heel, and he did an about face. He never said another word in that courtroom for the rest of the hearing. The judge went from being a judge to the pros- being the prosecutor. He then began to prosecute the case in the absence of the prosecutor. Again, what do we go? Rule 12C, move for summary judgment based upon the evidence. Judge refused to hear any motions. The guy was a total idiot. By you saying you were a barrister, though, what did that do? I mean, what does that mean to the lawyer? It means that I am one who is very knowledgeable in law. And he's looking at me being an English barrister though I am not an English barrister. They, and he didn't want to deal with it because he knew that he was arguing with somebody that is knowledgeable in law. And an a attorney is not someone who is knowledgeable in law. An attorney is not taught law. They go to law school to be taught rules of procedure and how to fill out forms. They're taught the rules of procedure, code and rule pleading. The rule book, folks, the civil rules procedure, that's what they're taught. They're not taught law. They get a little case law maybe here and there, but they don't teach law in law schools anymore. Only barristers are actually taught, and a barrister is two levels above an esquire. It's two levels above of honor, and people don't understand that. I have my heraldry. That's the highest honor you can possibly receive. The the issue of law is that is what we're talking about here. We're not talking about rules, which is what they deal in. And that's why an attorney does an appearance, is to bring you under the rules, Talmudic law. You're there for the rules, not for the law. The law is your rights. If you don't have and if you waive your rights, you're no longer under law. You're under rules. And rules are that which are what? An unelected body of public officials write rules. You have no say in the rules. The Congress of the United States gave the Supreme Court the ultimate right to write the rules. 
and set their own course and do as they please without any oversight, restrictions, bars. They can do as they please. And they do just that. They change the rules quite regularly, especially on the local level. Rules are changed. I had somebody that listened to the broadcast a month ago that sent me a letter, Angela, and wanted me to help them prepare a writ of mandamus to the Supreme Court of the United States. There's a question for your listening audience. Anybody want to star eight and tell me? Should I help the guy prepare a writ of mandamus to serve on the Supreme Court of the United States? Ignorance of the law is no excuse, folks. What is a writ of mandamus? It's it's seeking an order for a a lower court to do something. Mandamus is ordering something to be done by a public official or to be done by a lower court. Seeking an order to have something done. A writ of mandamus. Why would I? Uh, why would I uh, uh, do that? Uh, look for a lower court. Why would I go to a higher court? That's why he's going. Well, it's it's ordering a lower court to 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 do what it's supposed to do. John Jennings is an, is a prime example of of that issue. John Jennings went against. God, the I remember Je- that name. John Jennings put this. They killed him. They killed John Jennings. Everybody said, well, he had an accident. Him, yeah. They sh- they shot his plane down with a laser. Is what they did. Um, John Jennings had that experience. He went against the same judge that put me in prison, went after John's son. John ended up going after that that black-robed devil, and he got a judgment in the United States District Court of $58 million against the judge and against the the county uh, for false, false arrest and false imprisonment. But the court wouldn't give him an execution. That's why I say if you're going to do battle, folks, what good is it if you can't get an execution? Going in and saying, hey, I won. I got a judgment. What good's your judgment if you don't get an execution? And that lower court, a one-judge court, and a jury trial cannot give you an execution. They can only give you a judgment. So John appealed it to the appellate court in Atlanta, Georgia. And they swept him off. He appealed to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court bounced it back to the appellate court, ordering the appellate court to do certain things. The appellate court then did what they were supported to do by the Supreme Court, and they bounced it back to the district court. And the district court put it back to the appellate court. And the appellate court put it back to the Supreme Court. Nobody would issue John an execution for the $58 million against that black-robed devil. He got bounced back and forth. And you see, only a three-judge court can issue an execution. And that's been done since Jimmy Carter, uh, 1976. That's on my website. A judge, a a single-judge court, and a jury cannot give you an execution in federal court. Only a three-judge court. That's in in bank, right? It It has to be done in bank. Yeah, and... They, and a, a single judge cannot rule on law, only in bank. Only a three-judge court can rule on law, the constitutionality. 
Okay, but only a three, but a three judge court. It, that's an appeals court, right? Not necessarily. You have Where do the you right. Find a, you have the right uh, uh, under uh, Public Law ninety four dash two o eight, I think it is, and Senate Senate Re, no three three ninety four and pub, and Senate Report two o four. It's right on my website, right about middle of the page. Uh, the public law and the uh, and the uh, and what the what the proceedings are to, to deal with a three judge court. But every three judge court I've ever applied for, including this Indian case in 2013, we 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 petitioned for a three judge court. They denied us a three judge court, and they forced us to take a jury trial. The jury saw through their smokescreen and gave us a judgment. However, the court would not allow the jury to rule on on our counterclaim of thirty eight billion dollars against the United States for false imprisonment. Oh. They only gave us a ruling, uh, allowed the jury to rule not guilty. The federal government trumped up charges. What good is the jury if they're going to have to do what they're told and they they're can't told come up with their own to do. decision? I mean, however. We actually have a default judgment against the United States because the Attorney General never answered the counterclaim. Therefore, he defaulted. And that's the only way you win, folks, in a, in a code and rule pleading proceeding. You only win by default. Okay, but then try to get a judge to sign off on it. Yeah. That you go, you know, that's not going to happen. They told us it would be a cold day in hell. We'd ever collect. Yeah. That's... So why do you want to go to court and fight a dragon that's not going to allow you to win? What good well, to what? win if you can't get relief? Oh, we got the chiefs out of jail, and we beat the case, but they haven't been allowed to go back into business. Even though they have a right to go back into business, the federal government put them out of business. They shut down an Indian business because it was – in competition to businesses being run by the governor. They have exclusive rights. Every governor we've had, except David Patterson, for the last 50 years, have all had exclusive rights of running a private business in the state of New York without competition. It's called a monopoly, folks. Violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act and a whole bunch of other nice laws. Um, but they've got away with it. But that's what cost Elliot Spitzer. Uh, his governorship because we were fully able to document that he was conspiring to use his office for personal gain. Can't prove it against Andrew Cuomo. His father was a co-conspirator, but Andrew Cuomo is not listed, though Andrew Cuomo belongs in prison for the rest of his life. If you didn't know it, Andrew Cuomo is the butcher of Waco. Andrew Cuomo is the man who gave the orders to kill the 13 or 17 little children under age of 10. Andrew Cuomo. Huh? What was Andrew I Cuomo thought, in, in I, 1995? What was he? What was he? The mayor of New York? No. Andrew Cuomo was the attor assistant attorney general of the United States under Johnny oh. Reno. And he Janet was Reno. The, that's Johnny that's what Reno. I was say. I thought. I thought she gave the order to kill. Yeah, she gave the order to Andrew Cuomo, who was at the scene in Waco. Okay. He was the attorney, assistant attorney general under Johnny Reno, and he gave the order to kill the kids. He is the man that is ultimately responsible because 
he was the man at the scene that gave the order. Okay, I'm just following back. orders, is what he said. I'm just following orders. Let's get back to uh, okay. where we were as okay. far as jurisdiction. And, uh, but you know what? We have a whole bunch of people lined okay. up to ask a question. Okay, let's take a question from uh, <clears throat> West Oklahoma. You've been unmuted. Hey, David. Greetings. I'm Jimmy. I was listening with my uh, Uncle Polly. He gets really excited about topics like you were discussing earlier about what you could call them, the, the queers. Yeah. And you also mentioned that um, Hillary Clinton had like stunt doubles or you know, just just false images of, of Hillary. So I was wondering in your experience if you've researched current topics or conspiracy theories, if you will, do you think... Um, well, there's a statement in the Bible about the uh, Antichrist and the end times not having any uh, desire for a, a woman. I think I think that's what the uh, Revelation says. There's no such thing as Antichrist anywhere in Scripture. Nowhere. Well, just just on that topic, just play along if you would. Given today's uh, information and what we see on TV could be false. Um, I think Joan Rivers covered it. Do you, do you think? Michelle really doesn't have an oval office, and perhaps Barack is a uh, catcher, not a not a pitcher. What What do you think? I've already stated that in an email I put out today. Michael Michael Obama is is a transvestite, plain and simple. That was he was exposed on Oprah Winfrey's show. People need to go back and watch. When he was on Oprah Winfrey, he exposed himself. What, what, I haven't seen How do you mean uh, exposed himself? There. He had, a, had a, a, a protrusion coming from his dress. Oh, well, I saw that. That didn't prove anything. Sorry. It, <laughs> you saw it, did you? <laughs> Yeah. Well, my uncle Uncle Paula, he listens to crazy stuff like an old radio show out of New York, yeah. and they had well, some guy on talking about any you know, case. some some guy was in the back of a limousine with Obama doing coke and all that stuff. So I was just wondering if he was a. I remember studio, that. You know, there was pictures of that. I was just wondering. Obama, you know. when he was in college, uh, was a stripper. I've got photographs of him when he when he when he did a strip tease act. Uh, well, you go into that little, what's that little, uh, little, um, what's that guy who's running for president? Uh, Trump called him little. So Marco? Yeah, any case. You see, that, that, you see this is these, all off topic. This is all off see, topic. You see all these stories about the, uh, what is that place in California and stuff? There's a whole bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of gay gang, you know, gang banging going on in politics. Did you see yeah. what happened in Oklahoma actually, today, they, they like They like little children actually better than... Adults, but that's yeah. another story. Did you no, see what, what happened, happened today in Oklahoma, Jimmy? No, I was I was just there earlier. What happened? State legislature just did something today in Oklahoma. What? It's now a felony in the state of Oklahoma to to do an abortion, and any doctor that gets caught doing an abortion, according to the state legislator can be arrested, and he will lose his license. That went down today in Oklahoma? That, that should be went hitting down all today the news. in Oklahoma. That should be but hitting all the news. 
You yeah, yeah you've got it in your email box. If you look at it, Angela, you have a copy of it. Well, they're doing some weird stuff up there in Oklahoma too, because um, they want to take down the uh, you know acknowledgments of the Ten Commandments, put up you know like bell images, and yet they're banning abortion. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the what's going on there. Yeah, it's 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 a continual uh, circus what is happening. But at least Oklahoma and Alabama have taken a stand. It's wondering how many more states will stand on state rights. What Alabama or what Oklahoma legislature stated is that they're wanting to challenge Roe versus Wade. Oh wow! I just I appreciate your time. I just wanted to confirm that Michelle or whatever its name is has no. Uh, also, to too, the are you aware there? that the two girls are adopted? They're adopted. I have, yeah, I had no first-hand knowledge of that, but I, I suspect it. Yeah. Okay. Any case, that's off topic. Let's go back to to law. Thank you. Okay, thanks, West Oklahoma. Thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Jim. All righty. Next up is Central Florida. Go ahead, Central Florida. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I had to run into my computer and left my notebook okay. outside, so okay. where I put my questions, and I'm there. Um, oh, a whole bunch of people just dropped. There was like six people up in line, and now we're down. To, there's like two people that got knocked off. Please call back in. Anyway, go ahead, Central Florida. Thank you. Um, and thank you, David. Uh, I wanted to ask, is the Avon Park uh, mailing location current? Oh, no. That hasn't been current in 20 years. My mailing location's on the homepage. Okay, well, I'm at... So you're, uh, lo- you're looking at the Black Robe Devil article, aren't you? Well, I started at the top of the page um, for the, uh, oh, I forget what the, the, the name of it was, Angela, which I will. The, uh, my my, my email address is at the very top of the page. That's what's current. Uh, Sir David Andrew at sirdavidandrew.com? Correct. Yeah. Okay. That, well, that answers that. Avon Park uh, has not existed in 20 years. 25 years now. Okay. Well, update the page. (laughs) I've been trying to do that. Some of the stuff can't be updated because it's embedded in articles. I'd have to go back and do – if you're looking at a PDF, I presume, is what you're looking at. And the PDF stuff's embedded. Yeah, okay. Uh, That was on on another, another page. Yeah, the Avon Park uh, is on a PDF, and I'd have to go back, and I'd have to, I'd have to redo a PDF in order to get that address out. Okay, yeah, because that that address was on the Florida's uh, Free and Sovereign Republics. Um, yes, and that, you know, the Free Republic. That's a, a, a tremendous article that most people don't. That was part of what caused them to put me in prison. Is they didn't want that the Temples of Baal. And some other things they were doing, they were trying to stop from being published. Uh, when they put me in jail, Stephen Imes, which is listed on the uh, my website, uh, he came out and for two years continued the work that I did on the Florida Republics uh, and showed it for the entire United States. You'll find his some of I've been able to get some of Steve's stuff. They immediately threw Stephen in prison and they kept him in prison for three years he managed finally to get out and he his girlfriend and his father all disappeared 
about three months after he was released from prison. Nobody knows what's happened to him. That's so scary. I'm afraid they killed him. Same thing with my partner, Mike McEwen. Uh, the FBI did a raid on his cabin in Arkansas in January of 2000. He was not home at the time, but nobody has seen Mike since. We're afraid that he probably tried to return to his home and they just shot and killed him. It's amazing what you can pay a man to do. Um, or sad, I suppose, what you can pay a man to do. My other partner, um, Larry Myers, is sitting in prison in Texas. Larry has never committed a crime in his life. He's never had a traffic citation in his life. He's never even had a traffic accident in his life. And he won't get out of jail until uh, until uh, four more years before he'll be able to be released. He'll be 69 years old. What did they charge him with? Uh, uh, threatening a federal judge. You know oh, what they what the judge said was a threat. I think I told you that last time. He gave a judge a copy of the Citizen Rule Book. Oh yeah. And they put him in prison for giving a judge a Citizen Rule Book. Um, that's a crime. That's terrible. Yeah, God. And how many years did they give him? He got 11 years. 11 years. Should have handed him a Bible instead. I mean, that's not even a crime. How could they do that? Because they're almighty deity. That robe makes them God. And that's what I've told you before. You don't use the word God in their courtroom because that black robe devil is God. And you're there to do one of two things, give sacrifice or to give an offering before the deity. I cover that in the temples of Baal. Well, yeah, they sit up on an altar. He's on an altar. And you're there to give sacrifice or to give offering. And I cover the various offerings in the temples of Baal. It's all a scam. Hey, Central. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go Well, Central yeah. Florida, was there anything else? Yes, I wanted to ask um, your, David's opinion on uh, a declaration of uh, domicile and, poli- and political status as a Florida state citizen. Again, I've been over this. A citizen is a subject. The state is a territory of the United States. Florida Republic is a free, sovereign nation. It's about to die. If somebody doesn't redeem it within the next 30 days, it will die. I haven't got the money to redeem it. I wanted to ask you, can you be a Florida, a Republic of Florida citizen? A citizen is a subject. Does that get to your head? Are you a subject? Well, that's what I'm trying to learn. That's why well, I'm asking the, the question. Well, the issue is, is I am a subject of the kingdom of heaven. I refuse to be a subject to any of these kingdoms. And the republic, as I'm telling you, the republic of Florida is about to die. Okay, so what you're saying is, even, even if 
the United States, and they still, even if everything went after the uh, the um, uh, Confederation, with the 13 original colonies becoming the 13 original states. No all, such thing. All, 13 original colonies never became 13 original states. Never. Never happened. It's all a fraud. I went over that last time. Okay. There's no such thing as 13 original states. They don't exist, didn't exist, even when George D. Hefburn be, became the first emperor of the United States. That's all on the very first part of my website. It's there. The history's there. It's all a scam. There are no 13 original states. There are 13 colonies, but no, there wasn't. There was actually 15 original colonies until about 1878 or 1870 or 86 or 1887, somewhere around there, and it dropped to 14, but they refused to recognize the, 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 the one state. Providence and, and Rhode Island merged sometime between 1882 uh, 1782 and 1787, Providence and Rhode Island became one colony. And the, and, the, and the state of Franklin and the state of New Hampshire were the only two states in 1787. And the state of Franklin was not allowed to sit delegates at the CONCON. State of New York. All the delegates that were there to represent the colony of New York walked out of the convention. Not one delegate from the state or the colony of New York ever signed the, the Constitution. Not one. They all considered it treason against the Most High, and they walked out. The Most High being the King of England? Most high, most high is the God. almighty creator of heaven and earth. Okay, I agree with that. They said it was treason against the creator because it was establishing an almighty government under British rule. And they just fought a revolution. What, to become subjugated back to British rule? If you don't think so, look at the Treaty of 1783 signed by Ben Franklin and John Jay and Hartley. The three of them resubjugated the colonies back to the British rule. And it states right in that treaty that, the, that King George is the king of the United States. Read it. It's what it says. He also is the grand, is what, the prince elector treasurer of the Holy Roman Empire. I think something smells rotten in Denmark, my dear friend. But people don't read and see what it says. The only states were the state of Franklin and the state of New Hampshire. New York did not become a state until 1822. Therefore, how could the state of New York ratify the CONCON if it wasn't even a state until 1822? Go back and read the record, folks. Can't ratify something if you don't exist. What? does the ratification don't exist to begin with. Okay, we're going to move on. Yes, let's move on. All right. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Ollie, he dropped off the call. Okay. So. 
Uh, Ali Muhammad, my dear, you've been unmuted. Hello, good evening. Uh, good evening. Angela. And, and, Hello. Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yeah. Can yep. you hear me? Oh, oh how you doing, dear? Fine, uh, thank you. Wonderful. And Mr. Andrew, how you doing, sir? Uh, I'm a sir, thank you. I said, how you doing, sir? Yes, sir, thank you. Yes, yes, very good, very good. You, I, you I, said Mr. Andrew. <laughs> yes, I oh. said Mr. Mr. Andrew, how you doing? I am sir? not a mister. <laughs> oh, you rather just say sir, sir Andrew. That, I am a sir. A mister okay. is the lowest honor of title of honor that you can receive. I am a herald, and I hold the highest honor. And sir is a squire, which well, is in the between, I and, and I accept the, the sir. Uh, okay. It's it, Because sir. Because if I re- accepted the title as a herald, uh, I'm entitled to be called my lord or your lord or your highness. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that sounds awful tacky. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, that's fine. I, 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 respectfully, I'll call you sir. Sir David. Uh, yeah, I'm David. Uh, just call okay. me Dave. My, the sir is strictly for my enemies uh, because black robe devils and I don't get along. My friends oh, just call me David. I, okay. I'm not high and mighty. <laughs> okay, well that's that's a good position to have. Good that's a, this good disposition to take. That's that's one of the best you can take. But anyway, a, a question. Um, obviously, you've done a lot of research, and I, I respect it. I just got on this call late, but I can hear what you're saying, and I I couldn't disagree with whatever you said thus far in the last half an hour, however however long I've been listening. Um, but I wanted. Uh, Get your input on 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 something I'm I'm about to say, and just my opinion. After all the research I've done for years and years, or whatever, with hidden recent research anyway, that's yield to me. I have a feeling. I, I don't have a feeling. I have evidence that from from, and I hope I'm not the only one seeing this. It it seemed like to me that the I know that the Roman Empire was the moment longest empire in history that I know on record, 1,500 years. It ruled for 1,500 years, the Romans, the Romans did. And, I, and I'm saying, they, they, they spread a religious and, oh, you won't believe. And they're the biggest land law we have on this earth. I'm saying to you, do you think that, uh, the, that the Roman Empire still implemented its, its, its religious ideologies all through the world now? even now here in 2016? I went over that, I think, last time, too. Most churches today, or evangelical Judeo-Christians, teach that the beast is Roman Catholicism. They're wrong. The beast is Judaism. Hmm. And the image of the beast is Roman Catholicism. But then, in Book of Revelations, it says that... This great harlot or whore, which set up on th- on seven hills, well, Jerusalem is built on seven hills. The Vatican mm-hmm. is built on seven hills. Mm-hmm. There, it's a carbon copy of one after the other. The spalic stands in the center of Pe- Saint Peter's Square, telling you what what deity they worship, which stands also in Washington, Washington and and, and Capital Line Hill and Capital it, 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 Monument is a spallix. It's just a great big, well, Packer. probably better not say. 
in your face. Uh, that's all it is. There's one, and, and same thing in, in old city London. And you have four great city nations, the Vatican, D.C., the U.N., and old London. Those are all our four city nations. And they all worship the beast. They all have to do is see the symbol. The and, and, and you know, I think it. I think it. Uh, I hear what you're saying. I, I agree. I can't disagree with you because uh, I wouldn't know anyway. Just, I think that who really know the truth is the Creator Himself. Because because we can use our common sense and our and our reason, and, and after our research, we get these translations from from Aramaic. From the Greek to down to English, and we got we got a mess on our hands. And we realize that the Bible been compromised, and probably every piece of book on on earth, as far as that's concerned. Uh, but the point is, is we are what we are today, and we should we, obviously we all we have to try to work together some kind of way to, to to deal with this mess that we're in. We seem to be in such a mess, and everybody. But back to the court system, you were speaking about the role. That, that that one in the black robe, and uh, it said to me they be they seem to be implementing Roman law. It, it, the black robe does does stand for the implementation of of Roman law. That's exactly what it stands for. But do you know do you know when it came about in English yeah. law? When did it become <laughs> when did it become law under English law to wear the black robe? I probably read. I just missed it. This didn't sink in my mind. But I know it, I just know it came about. Somewhere down there, because they they have those 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 uh, 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 those different images that you can see. It, it don't it don't go away from it. It don't it don't go from can the cannon come from from Rome. Yeah, it don't let, go away. Let me finish this thing on the beast. The beast is a, is called a harlot also in Revelation, and she has many daughters. Right. Well, that's right. what a five hundred one c three church or so called church because under the intent. In Internal Revenue Code, they're not churches. They're religious organizations. It's a facade to refer to any 501c3 as a church because a church is a corporation sole, a 508c1a. Got to get it straight. Mm-hmm. And there's a big difference between a, a 508 and a 501. The daughters mm-hmm. of, uh, of the harlot are all the 501s. And they all do the bidding of their masters, the internal revenue. Mm-hmm. If they don't, mm-hmm. the internal revenue will close them down. You don't think so? Just ask mm-hmm. Pastor Dixon as a fine example in Indianapolis Baptist Church. They shut mm-hmm. him down. It was one of the first things that George Bush did in the first two weeks of his presidency. He shut mm-hmm. down the Indianapolis Baptist Church and seized $12 million worth of real estate, or $16 million in real estate. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a scam. What a scam that went on there. And I tried to get Dixon to set the thing up right, and he kept telling me, I got attorneys, they got everything all colored, and George Bush has assured us that nothing's going to happen. Two weeks, they seized everything. Eight houses, a church, a a 500-student school house was all closed down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember, uh, th- I think, when that happened. That was a big battle. Even Colonel James Bogreitz and Mark Cornkey both went there trying to defend the church. Yeah. Uh, not All right, really- shall we? 
I'm sorry. Shall we move on, though? Uh, uh, one more thing, Angela. One more thing. Okay. Uh, Andrew, you're speaking, you're speaking about the, the court. That, of course, and I respect your knowledge, and I'll just keep on. Hope may God Almighty continue to bless you and you be able to, to be a light for, for these people that's listening to you. I'm listening to you carefully. And uh, we, we need more light in the world for people to have guidance to the, as to the truth. And that's what's going on. People have been blind. A lot of people are blinded by this falsehood that's going on, this corruption, and this, this fraud. And, and, and that's all the devil is, is a fraud. Uh, and it's helpless. So it's a lot of things that you're doing. As you're saying here, that one cannot argue with it. One won't have to agree. And it's, it's unsettling, though, for those who really believe. Because it's unsettling what you're saying because it's heart-wrenching. It's like, is that true? It, you know, <laughs> well, nobody <laughs> likes being told they've been duped all their lives, right? I mean, it's hard right. to right. deny, right. you know, but uh, yeah, it's hard right. to accept and the truth sometimes, but we muddle through. <laughs> I help it. I, I, I receive it. I receive what he's saying, and many others mm-hmm. who come on on your show, Angela. So it's fine with me. I mean, he's like he's preaching to the he's preaching to the court, to the choir. We preach yeah. to me, and that's just the bottom line. He's Let me just say choir. one thing, though. You know, those of you that listen to my calls, I listen to. We're all uh-huh. learning here, and I don't think I don't advocate that anyone jump out and do anything that's been represented or spoken about on this call until you've checked it out for yourself. Really make sure you know what you're doing. Don't just go out willy nilly and and do what other people talk about you have to understand what you're doing before right. you do it otherwise they'll they'll pick up on it so that, that's why that. i'm asking right now you know people to tell me what the black robe devil means if you don't know th- then you need to keep your mouth shut because you're going to get hung in, in in a court i'll give you a good example on that very point angela had a man who continually insisted on using this patriot mythology of without prejudice and he put it on his court documents were about his signature. Let me tell you something. When you put the word term without prejudice, you negate the signature. If you negate the signature, then what good is the document you're trying to file if, it doesn't, if it's not signed? Excuse me. And he got before the black robe devil, and the judge looked at him, and he says, he says, I see you got without prejudice here on, on, on your petition. He says, tell me, what does that mean? Oh, I'm not prejudiced against blacks or Indians or, or, or <laughs> Chinese or, or anything like that. I, I'm not a bigot, and I, I have no prejudice whatsoever. The judge looked down at him and says, 90 days in the county jail. Next case. He didn't know what the word prejudice meant. Right. Well, in that sense, that that is what can, the word can, means. Can you, can in you other, but, I'm sorry, Angela. Will you, will you, sorry. Will you, I'm sorry, Angela. Angela, can you give briefly, briefly give a synopsis? Because we, what I come to know is that in front of the judges I've been in front of, and someone else I know went in front of the judges, judge said, it's like that guy even signed that paper. That guy didn't even sign that. That's not even. It's like, he may as well not even put his signature on there when he said without prejudice. Or what he said, UCC dash one dash three oh eight. If he put if he did that, the judges have said this, you may as well not have even signed it. 
Now, if he said it like that, maybe the judge wouldn't have did anything to him. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. But see, the guy didn't even know what the, what without prejudice meant. So if people go in and they see something or some patriot for profit gives them some boilerplate paper and they run in and they put their name on it and they file it. And the judge looks at them and asks them a few questions and they don't know what in the heck they've even written. Uh, he knows he's about they're about to get trashed because he's going to walk all over them because they didn't take the time to research and learn. If you don't know the definition of words and terms, don't use them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. You're right. Because You're right. You, know, you, know, you know, I had a, had a judge. I would always put this on one particular, one particular judge. I did this, and I, I was... I was actually saying I was saying to him I know about that he had a he had an account in down in Brad Street I know he's, down in Brad Street is is a, is a place where corporations being judges are corporations uh, I've came to know that a lot of my corporations are involved in the cat they got their accounts with the banks or whatever but when I found this out when the judge found this out and I noticed it's like my case didn't disappear but he disappeared. Mohammed, also yeah. Monta, M-A-N-T-A dot com, Monta dot com. You can, if you can't find the corporation of the court on Brad, John and Bradstreet, look at Monta dot com, M-A-N-T-A dot com. You usually find the court there, huh? John and Bradstreet has made it almost impossible to do that nowadays. Yeah, John and Bradstreet blocking it. They won't talk everything. to me. You're right, Angela. Angela, because the last time I asked them, they, they they wouldn't talk to me. Well, they've got a thing on there that they want your name, address, and what business you're in, you know, and what what business do you have asking about whatever you're asking about. They That's what they to told me. Form now. Same, yes, same thing with genealogy. If you try to do genealogy searches, now they will not allow you to do a free search. They want your name, address, and, and all the information about you and why you're doing the genealogy search. And that's all supposed to be free, open, public information. It's not that's free right. in a, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. is that it for you, my dear? Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's the world of knowledge. I, I, a lot of things I can say in action, but I'm, I'm going to leave that. I'm, I'm going to say one more thing, though. On your site, uh, uh, this is a way to contact you, uh, Dave, uh, it's the top uh, of the page. My email is at the top of the page. The very first one, Sir David yep. Andrew dot com. Yeah, that's okay. it. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a good night. And thank you very much. And I hope that your your child is doing well too, Andrew. Oh, thank you very much. Yes, he's he's hanging in there. <laughs> thank if you, Mama. Thank you, Andrew. If I ever get my hand on some of this 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 uh, green stuff around around here, I'm gonna probably send him something, uh, a donation oh, that, that will maybe help you guys. Well, thank you so much. All righty. Next up we have, uh, you know what, Janine, my dear. Janine, you've been unmuted. There she is. Hey, how you going, Angela? Fine, thank you. How is everything going with you? Oh, all right, all right. How you going, David? Oh, my gracious. Well, we got somebody from down under. How's your, how's your yeah. kangaroo? <laughs> uh, my pet kangaroo died years ago, so oh, yeah. Oh. You are you are from Australia, are you not? Yep. Yes, yes I am. 
got you right on the money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've been I've been um, listening to you talk, David. I, you know, it's um I can understand your frustration because um I've been listening to also a man called David Ike since the 90s, and he he does similar stuff with you know um all this satanic stuff and what's really going on behind the scenes. Very, very hard. I mean, when he first started in the 90s, he, he's flat out getting five people. Uh, now he sells out to, you know, now he's selling out at Wembley Stadium over in England. He's just about, he's doing on a world tour at the moment. But um, I was just listening to you speak. Um, and when you're talking, you mentioned a, a jury trial. Uh, Carl goes into this you cannot say jury trial because they can reject you on a jury trial. Um, you must say trial by jury. So the problem is, is they will not allow you to have a trial by jury. You're correct in saying trial by jury, but they will not allow that. You're in the wrong court. That's what we dealt with last time was jurisdiction. And that's what I wanted to get in this Black's Law was jurisdiction. You cannot, you cannot have a trial by jury in code and rule pleading. If you enter into a code and rule pleading situation with an attorney, you've had it. An attorney cannot, uh, an attorney cannot stand in a courtroom in a trial by jury. Attorneys are not allowed in the courtroom, which means the black robe devil has to leave also. Yeah. Did you know that? Most people well, uh, are aware of it. In a trial by jury, a black robe devil and and any any member of the bar has no right to be in a courtroom during a trial by jury. They have to leave the bar. It was my understanding. It's only the 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 the, the so-called man in the black robe is only there to um to, to proceed the or law. to keep yeah, order. To be, yeah, keep order and be the empire, you know, like an umpire in the game. Right. But it's up, but it's up to the jurors to actually make the decisions. And a trial by jury is how many jurors? Uh, it can be anywhere from four to 12, can it, or even 25? No, ma'am. No? A trial by jury is, is 12 and two alternates. Is that right? Okay, I didn't know that. Thank you. A, a trial... Uh, a grand jury trial is twenty, is twenty three, I believe it is, plus two, plus two or four alternates in a grand jury. That's oh, where okay. your 20, 20, two dozen come from. A petty jury is twelve plus two alternates, and they don't do that anymore. Most trials are by six, six handpicked uh, goons to hang you. And if you really get into it, and I've done an extensive amount of work when I was doing this stuff in Florida, you would find that the foreman of the jury happens to be the cousin, niece, or nephew, or uncle of the county clerk, or the judge's wife, or the prosecutor's wife, or the clerk's husband. They're all related on their so-called juries that they set up. There's no such thing as trial by jury. They're jury trials. And, again, it's it's this Alice in Wonderland mentality of thinking that 
hey, we need to have trials by jury. The citizen rule book talks about trials by jury. There's no such thing, folks, not in a code and rule pleading trial. Well, they are all... They're all t- well, if, all juries there. To, they're all trial by jury. And they're there to screw you. Yeah, well, if you use their paperwork, you'd be in their jurisdiction from the from the beginning, wouldn't Correct. you? I, yeah. And I have been on a jury, and because I use some correct language in regards to the proceeding, uh, the prosecution immediately had the judge remove me from the jury. Okay, but uh, have you ever? Uh, have you ever done, you know, like your paperwork and just um, stand on your paperwork and just don't say anything? Have you ever done that? Oh, I have done that. You bet I have. Yep. Yep. Uh, and how did that? How did that go, David? It, it, it's a it's a tough battle. It's a real tough battle to stand on your paperwork, and that's why we argue jurisdiction, jurisdiction, jurisdiction. All your all your jurisdiction is argued before you ever set foot in that courtroom. It's all done on paper, and eventually we need to go over how to fill out the motion to strike the pleadings because that's where we get it from, and we do the bill of particulars and the motion to strike, which is all right straight out of Rule 12, and after you do that and they still force you to come before the court, then you, you, you re-enter your motion to strike, if the court tries to suppress it, then you move for summary judgment under Rule 12C. And uh, if that yeah, don't work, you push for contempt, and we go into a contempt trial. And the reason I push for a contempt because hapiuses don't work. They've been they've been suspended since 1861, and under contempt, if I can push a judge to a contempt trial, then I will immediately demand a trial by jury, and I will demand a subpoena for him as a hostile witness. Once I have him as a hostile witness, he no longer can sit in trial in the previous case because he's now a what? He's now prejudiced. Case is over. They yeah, have but, to, he has to recuse himself and they have to bring another judge in. Okay. You sort of, you sort of lost me when you said under code this or code that because straight away you would have switched straight over to their land, you know, to their side of the tracks. Well, if they forced you into the court, they've got you in there. If you've been brought in there by sheriff, so they bring you in and change, you're, you're, you're forced into the situation to, to have to defend an action. Uh, the only way to try it is in contempt if they're, if they're not going to uh, hear your paperwork. And I have never, never had a judge hear a motion to strike. And yet, I've time and time again had prosecutors bring, bring move to strike our petitions, but the court never will hear our motion to strike. So it tells me we're doing something right because yeah, they won't hear the motion, and the prosecutor yeah, doesn't you, answer it. So therefore, if you can push him into a default because of non-answering. Uh, you know, he's got 20 days in most states to answer uh, a motion. And if he don't answer it, then he defaults and you win. I've never had a, a, a motion to strike ever, ever answered. All they do is move to strike and have my petition well, thrown out. 
I'm sorry, but what what does that mean? What does motion to strike mean? That's that's totally foreign to me. It's like talking a different language. What, it's federal, you know, it's federal Rule 12E. We went over that a month ago on Angela's show. Okay. So that's, if you go that's back a, and listen to code, the, that broadcast, you, you'll hear us discussing that issue. Yeah, but that's a code. Is is that correct? Huh? That That is a code. That's their code world. Yeah, federal Rules of Procedure. Right, motion to strike, and it's and it's rule E, I believe it is. It's either rule E or rule F, and the more definitive statement is the opposite. One's one's E, one's F, and what I do is is I combine the two and put them into one. And there's examples of that on my website and on Lone Wolf Territory website, LoneWolfTerritory.com. There's examples there as well. Uh, both websites have examples uh, of a motion to strike or notice and demand to strike. And the courts never hear those motions. They can't because if they hear the motion, they have to admit they have no jurisdiction. We challenge jurisdiction. We continually challenge jurisdiction. Janine? Yes. Oh, I just, I was, I thought maybe I lost you there for a second. It was just so quiet. <laughs> no, I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm working on getting this because, um, yeah, that, that doesn't compute with my brain, you know. <laughs> well, you well, maybe if I, maybe if I went into this, de- this Black's Law definitions, then it, then it might eventually get here where, where you begin to understand. This is, this is the key. I've been preaching this since March of 1994, and it's right straight out of Black's Law, um, which is what we intended to do. And here we've now been uh, two hours, <laughs> and we haven't gotten to it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. What did you say? I, 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 I say that uh, she she's wanting to be able to understand. And see, that's the whole problem. People don't understand definitions. Uh, uh, Janine, do you have a Black's Law Dictionary? I do. I actually have two. Which ones do you have? Um, oh, um, I don't know. I think I got uh, I got one sent to me from I think Charleston. Um, uh, I'll just go check. Have a red cover. You lost her. Angela? Uh-huh. Janine, are you still there? She, yeah, she's still here. I see her. her she's just, uh, she must be on mute or something. Maybe she's something talking happened. to someone. Something happened. She went dead. <laughs> she's, uh, Janine? I've got a, uh, yeah, there you I've are. Got, um, I've just found my ninth edition, and I've got another one running around. I think it's a sixth edition. Okay. The sixth edition is the best edition available. Uh, for most people, the ninth edition will have your rights in the back, maximums of law under Roman civil law. Your rights are found in the back. However, if you get into code and rule pleading, they try to deny your rights. You need to use the maximums of law while you're still in Roman civil law. Your first pleading under the rules is in Roman civil law. If you don't plead it correctly, 
they automatically assume you've granted jurisdiction and they, they change jurisdiction to code and rule pleading. There are six jurisdictions of the court, and that's what I wanted to cover yet tonight. So yeah, very well, few I, people I, understand. I just the thought unless you unless you actually unless you actually um state that you're actually a you know, man or a woman, you've come in under that title. You can't you do know. that. You oh, cannot you do can't? that. These courts cannot hear anything from a man or woman. They do not see you. That's more patriot mythology. These are well, courts, they must, they, uh, courts of controversy, David, and they only see fiction. David, they, they must see you if you put the proper notice in and the proper paperwork because, uh, you know, people have been uh, winning. People have been going into court as a man, as a woman, and in common law and and having and having standing running two parallel courts like Carl did in England one was the legalese one was the common law you you mean in australia no the, Carl did this in England in in Bali's case okay but but not here in the US yeah, there's people in the U.S. that have been winning court cases as well with Carl's stuff. Yes, and in Canada, and and in Australia. In in Canada, I, I I see some of the stuff happening there because they're under common law. In the United States, we're not. We are we are under Roman civil law and Talmudic law. There's no common law being heard in the United States. In Australia and Canada, yes, you have it. And I've been in courts in Canada, and the, the judges are a whole lot more congenial in Canada than they are here in the U.S. Janine, are you there? Yes, I'm listening. Okay. I just I just can't think of a question to ask, which is why I'm keeping quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, but the thing is is you gotta know what courts you are and we need to go over those those definitions, then people will understand hopefully they will understand how yeah. they're being being cheated. And uh, judges quite often will recess a court and leave a courtroom so that he can change jurisdictions. Never never want a judge to recess a court and leave a courtroom. Because the minute he does, he changes jurisdiction. And the question is, is what jurisdiction is he going to change to? What new hat is he wearing in when he comes back from his chambers? Can't you ask him? You bet you're going to have to ask him. But the biggest thing is, is you don't want to let him leave. The fact that if, if he gets up and goes to walk out, my preferred statement is, Sir, if you leave this courtroom now, it shall be considered by law that you have abandoned this case and the case is dismissed. Dismissed or discharged? Or discharged. Thank you. You're correct. If you, if you leave this courtroom, this case is considered to be discharged. Thank you. Correct term. You bet. Hold the seat to the fire because he's going to play a switcheroo by leaving that courtroom, and he will come back in under a new jurisdiction. 
you got to start questioning the jurors. What would it matter to you, though? But what would it matter to you if you're in your common law, if you're in your common law standing and you're in your court at their court, it doesn't matter if he walks out or into 10 10 different times. You're not understanding something. There's no such thing as common law court in the United States. They don't have common law courts in the United States anymore. They were abolished. Yeah, there was. There used to be municipal courts here in California and uh, justices of the peace. Justices of the peace are common law. They don't have those here anymore. And where is that in law that they were abolished? In California, because there are no more. You have to go to their other, you know, their, their administrative courts now if you want to fight anything. Uh, although, you know, let me ask you something, David. What about uh, small claims court? Is that common law court if you make it such? You just answered your own question. Small claims. What is it? Small claims. It's a commercial court, isn't it? Well, I don't know because... You're dealing uh, in commerce. Okay. All right. Well, what if you want to sue somebody and there's no money involved? What are you suing them for then? Um, let's say it's a debt collector that uh, went ahead and threw you under the bus and went ahead and got a judgment against you without your participation. Let's say you you sent the the debt collector, you know, the uh, the letter. What is it called? The um, the the um, the letter that they have to, you know, notice of lien. No, it's you know notice the, of default. No, it's the letter you send them before they go to court, you know, asking them to prove up their uh, claim. Okay. And they never come back with anything, and they just go to court and do all their thing and get a judgment against you. Can, and uh, can you go into small claims court and sue that lawyer just for you can, there's no again, money? There's, wh- wh- there's why, no, why you want to engage in an act of futility? Cost in well, the state of New York $340 for you to file that claim. And and all you're going to get is a judgment. What good's a judgment if you can't collect it? Well, no, it's not that I, I, I want to get my name cleared. This debt collector has a lien against me and has my, you know, a lien against my name for seven or $8,000. But they never answered my letter, you know, when I sent them, a, what's it called? It's a particular name. Damn it, I forgot. I, <sighs> but uh, they never answered... They'd ever prove their claim. The, the, yeah, probably that, the it, only answer to what you're saying. Validation letter. That's what it was. The validation letter. Validation so letter. Just, yeah. yeah and probably the court. only only the only solution which you're looking at would would actually be doing UCC paperwork. But there's a, a lengthy process in which to do it, and you do the same thing to him that he did to you. That's what I mean. Only I was since it's but you don't go to court to do it. You don't do the court to do it. It's all done under the Uniform Commercial Code. I see. And some of that paperwork is there's three bonds. There's the bid bond, the the surety bond, and the performance bond. And what you need to do is you set him up, and you go after him uh, under under a surety bond, and you get him to default. 
and then then you're able to do a bid bond against him. And when you go to do a bid bond against him, you're doing the same thing that he has. You've leaned his name. Now it becomes a, a, a basically a pissing contest of uh, where do we go from here? And, and you get a draw. You know, hey, you you, you remove your lien, I remove my lien. Yeah, but I thought you couldn't get a lien against anybody unless you had a judge, you know, sign off on a default. Under Uniform Commercial Code, you don't have to have a judge sign off on a default. All you have to do is send him a bill. You bill him for damages. And then you send him a notice of fault. Then you send him a notice of default. Then you lien him. Just like they do to you. They don't go to court for most of the time. You think the IRS ever does it? Do they get a lien against you? Do they go ever to court? No. No. They send you a notice of lien. If you don't do what you're supposed to do with it, and that's a whole other subject that takes hours to go through of how to deal with the paperwork under the Uniform Commercial Code. You've got to send it back. You have to return it. Because if you receive, if you accept it, then then it's then it's assumed that you've agreed to the contract. That notice of lien is a contract. If you accept it, you're 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 obligated to that contract. So you do the same thing right back to them. First of all, you send that notice back. You don't keep it. Anytime you got something from a court that you don't want, you send it back. 72 hours under the Uniform Commercial Code of returning a document. Received but not accepted. Return for cause under lawful protest without recourse. If they send it to you without your signature, it's without recourse. If you've signed for something, then you have to put on it without dishonor and return it. It all depends on your signature. If you signed it, then it's without dishonor. If you didn't sign anything or have no contract with them, then it's without recourse. Though most people have some sort of contract with the Internal Revenue. We need to go over that, too, sometime. Again, where I told you, I do not file income tax. I haven't filed since 1975 because they don't have my signature. No contract. No ticky. Three years without a contract, they can't collect anything. Seven years without a contract, they have to remove your name from their books. The IRS does not even know that I exist. They have not my name on their records. It's your signature. Don't give it away. But year after year, people sign IRS documents giving away their life. You contract with them. And you enter into agreement, and they take you down the Rose path of Alice in Wonderland, and they steal everything they can as they take you down the road. Or, well, excuse me, that's Oz, isn't it? Dorothy's got the tax man and the and the uh, straw man both following her around, uh, doesn't she? Or didn't you ever look at it that way? Okay, Janine, are you still there? <laughs> yes, yes, I, oh. yes, I am. I'm 
one thing that struck me, um, Angela, is I, I can remember, you know, um, a while back when, when Carl spoke to you regarding the common law um, and he actually got you to access, there's actually access to a website and I think it said all federal courts are common law courts. And it no, ma'am. No, ma'am. I'm telling you. No, no, no. There's not no. one federal court in the United States. I'll take that back. There's only two federal courts in which you can do common law. The District Court of the United States of the District of Columbia and the uh, Court of International Trade and Settlement. They're the only two courts in which common law can be heard on in federal courts. The only two courts. The United States, the District Court of the United States of the District of Columbia and the International Court of Trade and Settlement. The only two courts in which federal thing. If you don't think so, here's the way to go. United States District Courts, Northern District. In fact, it's, I think there's a link on my website to this very, very thing. You go to the United States District Courts, Northern District, State of New York. It's a Syracuse website. And you click on History. It'll take you there to a complete thesis on the history of the federal courts that common law courts were abolished in 1814. Gee, the War of 1812 when the black robed devils in the bar took over the judicial system was the War of 1812. That's what it was all about, was the bar seizing the control of the judicial system in this country. Okay, but and David, they, what if you... I mean, aren't they supposed to provide the venue if you walk in there and claim it as a common law court? You can't. It's your court. You can It says it's abolished. Go look at the history on, on that okay, website. So, so they're private buildings then, David. They're private buildings. It, they are they're private, not... privately owned commercial uh, operations, and, 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 and the head judge is known as the manager uh, of, of, of the private corporation. Or they're actually private court or private, private corporate trust is what most of them are, not corporations. They're corporate trust which are 501Ds, uh, Okay, so when, 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 when did those courthouses get sold? I mean, some, you'd have to have some sort of sale or something. 1814. The people, the people built... Okay, so they sold all the courthouses, and the courthouses are now all privately owned. They're all privately owned since 1814. They went from being United States District Courts or to District Courts of the United States which were common law, to United States District Courts. Look it up, District, United, District Courts of the United States versus United States District Court. All the courts since 1814 are called United States District Courts, and they are territorial courts. Right. And states are territories of the District of Columbia. There's no such thing as a sovereign state. They're all corporate entities, sub-territories of the District of Columbia, and that has been that way since 1871, February 21st, 1871 to be exact. 
That's what the communist war of aggression was that Abraham Springsteen brought upon this country in 1861. Abraham Springsteen? <laughs> he is the grandson of Springsteen, a, a Jewish banker from South Carolina. He was raised by, by a stepmother. He wasn't raised by his own mother. His mother was the daughter of an African slave. Most people don't know the history. Just like George D. D. Hefberg, the first emperor of the United States. And he claims so in his own writing, but yet everybody calls him George Washington. It wasn't George well, Washington. His name was where did D. Hefberg. Where did the name Washington come from? Uh, from a, a, a shire or a county in northern England that borders the Scottish border. Which really? the de Hefberg family were given by William the Conqueror for supporting his invasion of England. Washington is French. He's not English. Oh. His family were, were knights that served under William the Conqueror. And William Conquer gave him Washington County or Shire or Parish or whatever you want to call it. And, and the, the county borders uh, uh, the Scottish border. And they were given it in order to defend England uh, 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 from being invaded by the Scots. Check it. History's all right yeah. there. Every, 1911 edition of the New York Times. <laughs> Janine, is that it for you, dear? Or did you have another question? Are you no, talking no, to that... Carl on the other line or something? Who? Hey, what? No. No, no, no. Can you send no. me a kangaroo? <laughs> the, the last time I said anything to Carl, he said, who the fuck is this? Shut the fuck up. So <laughs> That's the last conversation I had with Carl, so no, no. But hey, he's still I would there. love to have a koala bear. Yeah, a me. koala bear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have to grow eucalyptus trees. Or no, what is it, bamboo or eucalyptus? I oh, no, you, it's eucalyptus. Yeah, yeah it's, it's eucalyptus trees. That's right, trees, the, pandas, eh? the pandas eat the... the uh, yeah, pandas the eat bamboo. the bamboo. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. drop bears, or we call them drop bears over here. Yeah, but, the only uh, place I know that eucalyptus <laughs> is prevalent is Florida. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it's got to be a certain type of eucalyptus yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway. Fan guys. Janine is holding a grudge. No, no, no. So I, also the, the Uruguay in South America, uh, the primary timber in Uruguay is also eucalyptus. I wonder if koala bears could live there. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's got, it's got to be a certain type of eucalyptus, and I'm not sure exactly the type of gum, you know, eucalyptus gum. Yeah. Uh, there are even in Australia, there's there's different um, there's different uh, eucalyptus trees. You know, there's the ghost gum, and there's the white gum, and there's other different. Mm. Yeah, and they they only eat one type of uh, one one type of uh, eucalyptus gum tree. So. There's different types of koalas too. <laughs> Really? I was watch- yeah, I was watching a documentary on them, as a matter of fact, because I happen to love them. And there are mm-hmm. some that have, that are, they're disappearing from one location that 
I guess they're, you know, the people are moving in on their territory, so they're losing their homelands and, you know, their eucalyptus trees. But uh, there's one type that's got a pointier snout, and the other one is a rounder snout located in a different part of Australia. That's really interesting. There are different kinds. I never knew that, though. I didn't know that either. Yeah, I, just think they're, I just think they're cute, and, and they would there's be really fun to have as a pet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's different kangaroos too. You get your you get All your blue these. kangaroo and your red kangaroo and your whatever. All um, Tie me right, kangaroo so, down, sport. Tie me kangaroo we down. Have, we still have a lot of people waiting in ah. line to ask questions. So, if that's it for you, Janine, we will move on. Uh, or do you have another question? Oh, thank you, Angela. That's it. Oh, thank you so much. What time is it over there? Um, it is um, just after 2 p.m. in the afternoon, Friday afternoon. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah, so Friday's gone. It's going into the evening. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. So yeah, you're, in, you're in Western Australia? No, I'm in North Queensland. Oh, you're in Queensland, and you're 14 yeah. hours difference. Uh-huh. Yes, I am. I'm 14 hours ahead, yep. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, uh, okay, because some thanks. of Australia is only 12 hours difference. Yeah, that's probably down south further, down in Melbourne or something like that. But yes, no, really. that area would be 12 hours. Yeah. yeah. But thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. thank you, and we'll talk to you online, on Skype. On the, uh, You know, you were asking earlier about the um, Skype groups. David, do you have a Skype group? No, ma'am. Oh, okay. Carl has a whole, a whole bunch of them. I'm on yeah. Skype, but I very seldom go there. I prefer going to Zello, Z-E-L-L-O dot com. It's much cleaner, and you don't have to be Zello. worrying about government spies. Zello dot com. I will look Zello dot com. It's more like a. Um, it's more like a um, radio communica- telephone communication because you. you, you multiple people can't be talking all at the same time. Oh, I see. It restricts the conversation to one person at a time speaking so you don't get all the distortion or talking over each other. I see. Which is really all nice. Right. Yeah, I'll look into it. Next up is TalkShoe 901. You've been unmuted, TalkShoe 901. You've been unmuted. Looks like you're trying to talk. Talk shoe 901. Oh, there. You muted yourself. I just unmuted you again. Did you want to say something or no? Yes. What is the best guideline for foreclosures? Did you hear that, David? She said something about guidelines for foreclosure. That's yes. what she said, yes. That's totally <laughs> off topic again. Uh, if people want to do combat, go to go to my website. Look at whatever Dan Meter has. If you want to deal with that, or 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 I've also now since we were last talked, Angela, I've now posted all of uh, of of Gene uh, uh, Keating's uh, stuff is on there. You can download all of Gene Keating's uh, lectures. There's uh, something like 17 hours uh, of oh, lectures, right. and all of Dan Meter's stuff is available on my website. If you want to do combat, 
go look at that material. Uh, I, I don't deal in combat. I deal with jurisdiction. I'm sorry. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Is that it for you, Talkshoe? Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All right. Who do we, uh, Money Mike is up again. Go ahead, Mike. Yep. Yep. Oh. Did you want to yep. say something? Or? Yeah. Um, you talked earlier about saying that you know uh, that uh, you had to get a default or something like that, right? Um, that's how but, co- that's how cases are won. Is by default. Hey. The first player to leave the the, the playing field loses, and okay. you okay. win by question default. About that. Quick question about that: Is there a difference between default and default judgment? Yes. Can you can you uh, can you uh, give a default judgment is 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 when the other party fails to answer a brief, you you're able to get a default judgment. Though usually it requires a signature of a judge or a clerk to validate the judgment, and very seldom will you ever get either one to do such. In fact, I had a clerk do that in one case, and, and the clerk and the court gave the 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 deputy clerk health for signing the default judgment, even though she was required by law to do so. Awesome. Thank you very much. But um, getting them to actually do it is another story. You know, okay. you know, that's a big thing. And then after I got the default judgment signed, a ju- another judge came back and tried to remove my default judgment. Well, tough luck. And he did so in Star Chamber proceedings behind closed doors in his office. He didn't come into open court. But what he didn't know was I'd secured a UCC-1 financial statement against that default judgment one month before he threw the judgment out. So I didn't need the default judgment anymore. I had a UCC lien, a very valid one. Interesting. Well, how do you collect on it? Never have. They told me it'd be a cold day in hell. I'd ever collect it. So then what happens? Just I was exiled the from the state of Florida. Yeah. Oh. They court-ordered me out of the state with orders that if I'm caught in the state, be shot on sight. What? Oh. Jeff Bush ordered that. He they ordered have the state police to shoot me on site if I set foot in the state of Florida. So I haven't been back. I don't blame you. Um, well, you can't collect a judgment, even though I got a UCC, a valid lien, filed with the Secretary of State. I still was not able to collect the judgment. Couldn't get an execution. And an ex- execution is a sheriff's sale. If you can't get the sheriff to collect the sale or to go after the money for you, how are you supposed to collect? You ain't got enough guns, manpower to go do it. It's all by brute force. A win or judgment in your favor is not worth much if you can't get an execution. Yep. So is it really uh, when they do it? It's, it's it, it you know like the uh, sources them thing. It's like uh, you know like because you're by yourself. And it's like it's all of these 
all of these judges and people in, against you. It's like a whole group against one. Is that why they? Is that why they get you guys all the time? Uh, you know, like the 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 needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Correct. Correct. You, you, and you're in their temple. You're in their church. You're the trespasser. You're the guy there that's all alone. And they'll do anything they want in their church. And it's theirs because it's a private building. It's not owned mean- by the taxpayers. That, that, that temple is a private trust, corporate trust. Okay, uh, just to clarify, you said private building. Now, now, is that only if you go into that type of uh, court that 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 is in a private building? Because the courts that I go into are usually in public buildings. They're not public buildings. They're private. Look it up on manta.com, M-A-N-T-A dot com. They're private. Okay. They're privately owned buildings operating in the name of the public. And they are stealing. Look at my website. Go down and look at look at what what uh, Shirley uh, Moore. Shirley Moore. She gives you the lecture on Los Angeles County uh, courthouses and system, and shows you document after document how the courts are all private and how they are stealing millions and millions of dollars that are supposed to be public funds are going right in the back pockets of the judges in these private courts. Shirley Moore, right on my website. Also, you can look at, at John Harris's right out of from London. He was court ordered by the Queen to shut his mouth. I says, fine, I'll publish it on my website. Try to tell me to shut up. So I've got John Harris's stuff up on my site. Didn't do any good to try to shut him up because it's still available for the public. And John is still up and running. She didn't shut him down. She threatened to shut him down. There's an hour long, 56 minutes of John Harris explaining to you how these courts are all private. Shirley Harris or Shirley Moore tells you it's all private. And all the documents yeah. are right there. Go look at their. Go look at them. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to that. Uh, yeah. See, because the reason the reason why I'm asking about stuff like that is because me. I'm a I'm a stickler for accuracy. I I want to make darn sure. It's kind of like what Angela said earlier. You know, go out there and make sure. You know, like like don't take everybody's our word for it. You know, just you know, uh, yeah, that's what I do. And when when you know when I hear all this stuff, and then um, kind of earlier also, like when you kept talking about the Alice in Wonderland thing, uh, and then you talked about the the Queen pawn and with in the chess game. Correct. Uh, yeah, it may it you know it may it may sound like a goofy little uh, uh 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 what the hell you know like a like a like a like a nitpicking detail, but I mean to me when I heard the you know when you heard Saponic Queen Eight, I almost jumped up and said, oh no that's wrong. I mean you're on your on your own queen you know your own queen first, but then I realized no that's from the queen's perspective in the old descriptive notation. It's Queen Eight on her you know from looking at her, so you know. Uh, to me, I would I would just only tighten it up and say you know use algebraic notation and such, but you know that's just me. In Alice in but, Wonderland, you know. it's pawn queen eight. It's the right. old notation which I learned uh, when I used to do chess tournaments. Oh, okay, cool. I I've I started two chess clubs in my lifetime. Awesome. My high school and my my college. There wasn't a chess club until. <laughs> 
myself and four of my friends. We started a chess club in high school. And when I got to college, same thing. There was no no on club on campus a chess club. And within the first semester of being there, ended up with thirty members of the club. Do you think that's a? Do you think that, I won't say a dying art, but do you think that's like a, like a like a good demonstration of how how our society has deteriorated, uh, how our, our inability to have all, have so many chess players just as much as Russia. I don't mean to be off topic, but you know, let's face it, uh, chess and chess is a, you know a duel of the mind, the same way as like say as a court, like the court court of the sixty four squares. There, you know, what I'm saying. I mean, I could be digressing, but you know, the, the, Alice in Wonderland and Wizard of Oz are not storybooks. They're not kids' storybooks. They're all about corrupt government. And maybe sometime we can go over all the details of. Who's who in the zoo, especially in 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 Wizard of Oz? I have most of all that in my head. Alice in Wonderland. I need to go back and do some review. It's been a long time since I've actually walked through all the details of who's who in the zoo, pictured in Alice in Wonderland. It's all about corrupt government, though. Alice in Wonderland is about the British government, and the Parliament, and the Queen, and the corrupt court system. The 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 Alice in Wonderland is all about the Federal Reserve Bank and the corrupt courts and the corrupt government. And you can be walked step by step through who's who and what everything represents. And gee, there's even a black robed devil in, in the Wizard of Oz. Right. And when and when you and uh and like when uh when Alice was playing with the Queen uh, was it the croquet thing? And and uh, the queen uh, changes up the rules, and uh, Alice complains. And basically, no, she can't really say nothing about it because you know it's uh, her court, her rules. She does whatever else she wants. The queen's court. It's her her court, her rules. You bet. That's exactly what I'm talking about. On her on her on her grounds, on her property, on her you know yada yada. Yeah. That's you got it. Thank you. I'd forgotten about the game of croquet. You're right. Because <laughs> yeah. there you are. She, you're no longer in the Queen's Palace. You're now on the Queen's Court. Yeah, that's right. And, and thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad somebody has read Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> you are in the Queen's Court when you, you step go. out onto that croquet. <laughs> there you you go. ever play croquet? Uh, barely. I mean, the only time I, the, the only person, the only, the only time I, ever, the only person I ever seen playing croquet was uh, Charlie Brown. And well, then, and I, then play it, I used yeah. to play it all the time. I love it. I yeah. love it. And his damn, and his damn dog runs through the wickets, uh, knocking over everybody. Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, I got. I, I don't know. There was was the, what was the last World Croquet Championship though? Honestly. I have no idea, but it's the most fun part is being able to drive a guy's ball clear out of the bushes. <laughs> wait a minute now, wait a minute. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, you were talking about fingering some guy earlier. What the hell are you talking about exactly? All right, no, I'm kidding. I'm only serious. No. Yeah. Um, you have no, any no, other no, questions? <laughs> I need to move on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm done. Angela, get me out of here before I uh, cause a commotion and uh, and soar your ratings by ninety percent. Well, <laughs> I'm having to be careful myself. <laughs> I don't want to destroy your ratings. I right now I don't I almost don't feel the way I usually do. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Next up is Ali Muhammad again. 
Go ahead. Hey, Angela, again, and uh, yeah, Andrew. Hi. Yeah, I just well, you mean David. Pretty... His name is David Andrew. Oh, David Andrew. My name David. is David. Okay, Please. David. Okay, because I'm, I'm, I was using your last name. Oh, David, I don't have a last name. Only slaves and prisoners of war have last names. Really? Okay. I understand that. I understand that. Uh, I'm Free men ha- have given Christian appellations, and they have surnames. And there's a big okay. difference. Look up the definitions. Prisoners okay, of war and slaves have last names. I've read that, yeah. I'm, I'm, you're right, you're right. I've read that, too. And, 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 to, and to even make it very more specific, if anyone out there speaks Spanish, habla espanol, all the government forms used to say, como se llama, or say, se llama. Yeah. Yama means by what are you called. Didn't ask for your name. And in Spanish, they ask, como se llama. Now on all government forms, it no longer says, como se llama. It says, como se nombre. By what are you numbered. Oh, wow. Right in your face, folks. It's right in your face. Como se nombre. Yeah, yeah. By what are you numbered? A name is a numbering. Take a number, folks. Get in line. Not evil. We're about to fleece you. I want to ask you, uh, sir, if you are. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. David. David, David, I want to ask you, David. It sounds like to me what you're saying essentially, in your opinion, or sort of, 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 of a miracle almost, is the one that's not going to win in the courtroom, and they're going, which they're going to pile up against you anyway. They can't allow you to win. The right. prosecutor's required to pay out of his own pocket every case he loses. I'm not talking about a criminal case. I'm talking about civil. Civil cases usually end up being the, being the, uh, how do I want to put this? The guy with the most money is the one that usually loses. Because the the court can collect more. The guy with the most money, not the guy with the less money. Yeah, the guy with the most money usually is the one they can, they, they will try to, Take because they can extract funds from whoever they can extract the most money from is usually the guy that's going to lose unless he pays a bribe, and I know about that too. I've had an attorney do that in my behalf, actually bribe a judge. I didn't tell him. I didn't even know he was going to do it, but he mm. bribed the judge. Okay, I just wanted to hear it. I wanted to hear your your opinion. He, he, he gave. He, he got the judge to accept the bribe to find in my favor for $500 in a case. And when I got back out of the court and he, he, he looked at me and he says, here, here's $500. I said, what's this? He says, he says, that judge was cheap. I said, what do you mean? He says, I had to bribe him. He says, I got him for 500 You can have, your, have $500 back. I don't need it. I, I don't want to cheat you out of your money. I says, I didn't give you the money to bribe. He says, well, I didn't tell you that. But he says, that's the only way you win in this court. And he says, by the way, don't ever ask me to come back in here again. These people are corrupt, more corrupt than I've ever ever seen in my life. 
So I went outside and I waited to see what was going to happen. He come. He, the prosecutor came out. The prosecuting attorney, the opposing counsel, came out, got in his car. The judge came out and got in his car. The other guy was standing in the parking lot. He then got in his car. The prosecuting attorney pulled out. The judge pulled out. The attorney that I'd hired pulled out and followed him. I got in my car and I followed them. They went to PJ's, local pub. High price, expensive pub where only the rich normally go. Most the the, the us peons wouldn't normally go in there. Uh, and all three of them went in there and had a drink. Of ha ha, how they took me for a ride. Well, so the, so the bottom line. So the bottom line, uh, uh, David, what you're saying is uh, either way it goes, whether you the the, the uh, pro se litigant, the defendant, or the petitioner. They're going to get their money out of that. That's what your experience You're not going to get any money out of it. Very seldom does anybody ever get a monetary return. Very seldom. And I noticed that. Very seldom. In my case, it was a draw. What the attorney did was got me a draw uh, on the case that he went in there and did. And what was even funnier, I had a friend who was a personal attorney. My son was even named after him. Uh, And... He he was defending me in this case, and uh, he told me, called me in his office, and he says, "Hey, David, you got to fire me." I said, "What are you talking about?" He says, "I can't represent you." He says, "Fire me." I said, "Why do I want to fire you?" He says, "I've been paid five thousand dollars to screw you." Mm. And by me firing no. him, he got to keep the five grand. That's a good. If he didn't screw me, then then he would have would have had to give the money back. <laughs> so I had to hire another attorney out of town, and he told me where I could go to find a decent attorney that would help. And the guy was good. He was really a, a decent attorney, and and he was quite expensive, but he at least got me a draw. Well, it's not encouraging. I, I walked what away with. I, I walked away with about four thousand dollars. Lost probably about I lost close to ten thousand, but I got four, got to keep four, which wasn't bad. It was better than losing everything. Yeah. You can't beat City Hall, and it was totally illegal what had taken place, which is a whole other ball game of stuff I don't want to get into. Uh, way too much was involved in that case. They were even threatening to put me in prison over that nonsense. What it is, what it is. Yeah, and and I much. hadn't Thank done you. anything wrong. It was it was three other men had done something wrong, but they were accusing me of, of doing what, uh, accusing me of the wrong criminal acts that these other three guys did. Not a good thing. They just wanted wow. to hang me because they were trying to steal. They were trying to steal fourteen thousand dollars worth of personal assets. They got away with ten thousand. Any case, we need to go back to subject. It's getting late. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that good for you, Ali Muhammad? Thank you, Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, too. Yeah, you, you guys have a good night. Thank you. You too. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, California. You've been unmuted. 
You've been unmuted, my dear. In California. Hello, hello. Maybe you need to unmute. Can you hear me? This is Donald's son. Now we can hear you. It's going to be noisy, as you can probably imagine. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Should I go outside or inside the restaurant? Somewhere where it's not noisy. All right. I'm going to step outside. It's cold and windy, but that's okay. I'm outside now. How's that? Well, it's better. Yeah, I can hear cars, okay. but it's better than it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear. I just want to help, you know. That's my goal, man. Um, but but uh, who who is this guest of yours? I've heard you before. What's your name? I'm Sir David Andrew. Sir David Andrew. I think I read something from you one time, man. Like, I've heard the name before, and I, I like to listen to my, my PDFs on... Uh, on, on he upload, I up- last time he was on. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Last time, but even before that, I think I've read one of his documents. Um, he's been around for a while, right, David? Uh, I, David? I've been around since 1989. Yeah, I'm one of the but, uh, founders of the Pro Se Litigates of Florida. Mm-hmm. I was the I ambassador pro tem of the Republic of Florida. That basically it was the straw that broke the camel's back that landed me in prison. Because <laughs> I signed the secession for the Republic. We seceded from the Union in September of 1996. Oh, <laughs> I had no knowledge of that. info covers the the secession of the republics of Florida, the Texas republics, and the Kingdom of Hawaii. State of North, well, South Carolina and North Carolina were preparing mm-hmm. to follow suit when the Clintonistas decided to arrest over a thousand people across the country. Sorry, I'm going to mute myself out. Keep talking. I'm listening. I have one more question for you. Any case, I get, he said he muted. Let me go back to this thing quickly for we're running out of time. We're going to get killed by talk show again. On Davis versus Mississippi, it has that your photograph and your signature are your property. Stop giving away, folks. Then in Riverside versus McLaughlin, M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N, Riverside versus McLaughlin. It's a California case, uh, Angela. And it's found in 114, Lawyer's Edition, second, page 49, 1991. It's also found at Supreme Court 500 U.S. or, or it, Yeah, Supreme Court 500 U.S. Uh, reporters or at... 111 Supreme Court, and I don't know what page it's on in those two books. Uh, But Riverside brought Davis forward in 1991, and it specifically required that if they they had to bring you before a first appearance uh, within 72 hours, and that the sheriff could not hold you more than 72 hours without uh, your signature. Or this signature, if you accepted a public pretender or hired an attorney, who is required by the judge to book you in. People 
That's his main job as an attorney is to book you into the county jail. Without a signature, the sheriff is required to release you. As I said, if they start dieseling you and they move you from one jail to another and you've made a mistake and booked yourself into one jail, be sure mm-hmm. you don't have any legal representation when they put you into the next jail to book you in. Don't sign anything. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. You know why I know for a fact that's true? is because... <laughs> It's an amazing feat of, of mental acrobatics how I was able to, to get out of this. But I was taken to the hospital for an involuntary 72-hour detention. I've been there. <laughs> right, right, right. I, you know what I did to get out? You're, you're going to love this. I, put, I, I wrote down my, these rights that they said that I had. And I claimed the ones that I wanted, but then I also added a dollar amount to that for my time. That's on my website. The dollar amount is on my website. <laughs> it was. That's how I got I, out. Is I, yo, I, I informed them that it was going to cost minutes. them. <laughs> ten minutes. They let me out as soon as I let that in because I had not signed shit. I hadn't signed anything. I was six and a half hours in that type of confinement. And uh, I told the woman, Trevevac versus the city of Tampa, T-R-E-V-E-A-N-T, Trevevac versus the city of Tampa. It's on and four or seven forty one, seven forty one, Fed second, page three thirty six. It's Eleventh Circuit Court ruling nineteen eighty four, and the Court of Appeals. Awarded seventy-five or sixty-five thousand dollars per hour for false imprisonment to Trevevant against the city of Tampa. It's worth about seventy seventy-five thousand dollars per hour nowadays, and uh, that's what I informed the lady. She kept trying and trying to get me to book myself in. Even had a deputy, uh, a monster of a, a giant, uh, you know, a big goon, almost three hundred pounds, six foot six, uh, come in and threaten me and intimidate me several times and I kept telling him I wouldn't sign, wouldn't sign and I finally says, lady she came in there finally and I had it at six hours, I totally had it and I says, you see that clock on the wall you've had me now for over six hours are you familiar with Trestavant versus City of Tampa she looked at me kind of funny and no I says, well you need to go look it up because for every hour you hold me I'm going to charge you $70,000 per hour. She looked at me kind of funny. She looked at the deputy, turned and walked out. Ten minutes later, she came back and looked at the deputy and says, you can take him home now. <laughs> she went and called a lawyer. <laughs> Was that Tressavant? You know, uh, Tressavant. T-R-E-Z-E. V A N T T R E V E or Z E V A N T. It's on my website. It's under the uh, under the uh, uh, case law fifth edition. Yep, you bet. It works. Very good. Where did? Okay, hold on a second. Let me get. They were trying to get me to book myself into into a mental institution. I know it was windy before. 
Yeah. Okay, that's, that's why, why she muted me. Okay, I know, yeah. I know, Angela. You're so you're so particular. I love well, you. I though. can't you hear are you. Providing us with the entertainment. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. But well, you know, what I'm, I'm glad to see that somebody else has been through the same thing. So if you right. use press event, it's seventy thousand dollars per hour, not dollar per hour. <laughs> In the Eleventh Circuit Court. So yeah, no, I did thirty thousand. I still got out of the hospital though. So you were right about the signature thing. Now, now I have some other quick points of interest that I wrote down from your dissertation. Let Let me interrupt you just one second, then you go back, folks. It's all about a signature. This is contract law. No signature, no contract. Go ahead. I might just mention that when I went to retrieve my documents under, you know, my claim, I said, hey, I want copies of my documents, right? So I brought my ID, and they uh, they gave me the documents, but the, where I signed was, was not my signature. And they removed it and put someone else. They actually wrote the words, definitely unpredictable. That was the signature. That's what was written on the signature line. And so, you know, the hospital out here in San Francisco is corrupt. Anyways, back to our, uh, if it's a devil-worshipping system, then would you agree that we are being compelled to take part, uh, even against our will and against our knowledge in this, this whole system? They've, they're kind of, I have other things here, too. I mean, I, mean I, I know you have plenty to say on that, right? But I want to say this about jail, right? When, people, when they take you to jail... I mean, if you think about the system, the way it's set up, really, that's just compensation because it costs money to be there. You know, so if you're if you're you know, if you have no way of paying for anything, just paying for your living expenses is a compensation enough. And whether you can see it or not, look, your ignorance of the law is no excuse. Okay, wake up. But check this out. The (laughs) territory of the United States, right? A state is a territory. Right of correct what, right of what though? A state of the of District territory. of Columbia, the territory of the District of Columbia. Go back and read the the, the congressional laws, eighteen February twenty first, eighteen seventy one. Well, okay. Well, there I know that. Well, how does that explain statehood then? Because my question regar- regarding when a state gets statehood, they they specifically become not a territory. They're not anymore. states anymore. They did away with the states. Under under Abraham Springsteen, the statehood disappeared. Now, this brings up another point, because I was doing some reading, and it was regarding the, uh, around, around the Norman invasion time period, where, where the, the, the um, state was, was on the decline, right, because of the onset of the Christian religion. And and I thought that that statism was dead, right? And if it is so, and if it is dead, then what is it that we're really seeing? Aren't the corporate structure is merely the church, right, <laughs> saying, "Hey, look, states are dead, but we can still do business." How, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you, there's a point right there. If you go back and set check, you will find that there are three court cases, and I'm sorry, I don't know where they are. I tried to find them the other day. Somebody asked me, and I couldn't remember where they were at. But Daniel Wester was the attorney defending the action. And under 
federal law, the Supreme Court three times ruled that that the United States was a Christian nation or that states were Christian nations or they were Christian entities, whatever. That they were Christian. Three times Daniel Webster represented cases. And this is the, how the cases all go down. is under the law that in order for a sovereign state to exist, it must teach Bible in its public schools. If you, they, a state discontinued the teaching of Bible in a public school, then it lost its right of sovereignty and it lost its right as a statehood. There's three federal rulings by the Supreme Court of the United States. Daniel Webster is the is the defending counsel, defending the right to maintain prayer, prayer in, or maintain Bible reading in the public school. And right, which 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 would explain exactly why we we see admiralty jurisdiction really being used. And to address another one of the things you're you're you're, you're talking about earlier. I know that's kind of a far-fetched tie-in, but you were talking about federal common law, and 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 that 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 admiralty and maritime associate with commerce and the money changing, right? And then the tie-in of the church, right? Well, Is it actually, no? you're actually that's not correct. Maritime, admiralty, and maritime have nothing to do with commerce, and they have nothing mm-hmm. to do with the money changers. That's all Talmudic mm-hmm. law. Okay, Talmudic. Okay, thank you. Okay. UCC is Talmudic law. Mm, interesting. And, and, and admiralty goes hand in hand. That's why I wanted to get into Black's Law. Admiralty and, and, and another law go hand in hand. I'm not going to say what it is. I have to wait till we get to Black's Law. <laughs> it actually defines what admiralty law is. And admiralty is a different set of rules. If you open your federal rule book... You'll are you talking about equity? Federal rules of Admi- procedure, and then there's a separate section for admiralty. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and it's because, a whole different set of rules okay. in the proceeding. Mm. Uh, uh, and I have been involved in admiralty cases. And uh, to get a court to get move into an admiral jurisdiction, that is a real tricky situation because they don't like going there. Well, one of the, tell me what you think because one of the things that I what I've kind of managed to wrangle, if you will, is is that if if because I say I live in San Francisco, right, which is basically a peninsula surrounded by water, seven miles wide. That's yes. the peninsula. But twelve miles is the jurisdiction, right? For as far as commerce is con- the Admiralty, the maritime jurisdiction of the United, the federal courts, you see? San Francisco's flag has a gold fringe on it. That's the municipal flag. Okay? It has a gold fringe around the, the, the border of it. I do believe that they are using Admiralty to um, as an overlay, and and that that is a, that is common law Un, under 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 gold the Constitution. But it's all Talmudic still. You're right. It's all part of this Talmudic system. But the idea is for the people that are on the call that are trying to deal with. You know the, this whole this whole system, and they really want the they want to fight, right? Like I'm not saying I want to fight. I'm saying the people that want to fight. There's one there in the admiralty, right? When when you determine what is common law and what is an admiralty argument, hey hey, you know just this was this was this was admiralty, but it was local, right? It wasn't necessarily on the water. Right? 
But a gold fringe is not admiralty. Okay, that's fine. We don't have to argue that point. It's middle. It's military. That's fine. It could be. I don't. I don't. I don't have the back resources to back that up. But I'd really like to go and focus what, on what. What is admiralty? Is a rectangular flag. That is admiralty. Okay. In let me what shift gears flag rest- do they have in a courtroom? Let me a shift gears. I, I'm taking you off on a tangent. I don't want to do that. Let me yeah. ask you a question about who are the Normans. When they invaded, let's say they inv- the Normans invaded what? Who did they invade in 1066? Well, now you're going off on a different tangent. Well, I know. It's Where? because I don't want him to I, he, spit the same information that everyone on the call has already heard before. We just, I just want to try to come, keep, you know, go on a new strain. I want his brain to be stretched to the maximum. Yeah, well, I would like him to continue with Black's Law and, uh, you know, the stuff we started with. Well, this ties in. This ties in because the Norman system of of law ties into the the English common law, which has to do with the extricate chamber, courts of equity, chancery, and things of that nature. And when we're dealing with common law, you know, we're we're talking about the king's law. And I have told you, there is no common law in federal courts. Oh, God. I heard you say that before, but I have to beg to differ because... Right now, go the read main... the federal law's own page. I told well, what you where is Erie? to go. Northern District, Erie. Syracuse. Erie Railroad versus Tompkins. Tell me about that. That's where you lo- lose any common law whatsoever, my friend. Mm-hmm. That's commerce. And all the rules of Erie Railroad, if you read the federal rules of procedure... There's a book that most attorneys don't even have. Let me get the actual book off the shelf. There are 17 volumes of this book, and I'm one of the few people that even have a copy. The 17-volume set is called The Cyclopedia of Federal Procedures. And all throughout it, in the footnotes of this book, this is the rules of the Supreme Court of the United States. 17-volume edition. It's a whole mess of books. All throughout it, Erie Railroad is continually mentioned. And it states that the rules of procedure were were created as a result of default. Erie Railroad versus Tompkins. Over and over and over. Excuse me, that case is... Can you repeat what you just said, though? Huh? Just for reference sake? Will you repeat the, what you the said rules about of the court are, uh, were, were adopted as a result of default under Erie Railroad versus Tompkins. The Supreme Court became the almighty deity because Congress gave them full power, and they, Congress did so by default. Everything you do in a courtroom is by default. It's how the whole court system was established. Erie Railroad versus Tompkins. They seized power, unconstitutionally seized power, and established a dictatorship. Here, check this out. The phrase common law in the Seventh Amendment does not mean merely suits, which the common law recognized among its old and settled proceedings but suits in which legal rights 
were to be ascertained and determined in contradistinction to those where equitable rights alone were recognized and equitable remedies were administered. So they're distinguishing common law as the equitable remedy as opposed to, you know, I suppose, what, the statutory remedy? Yep. And I wanted to cover that, Angela, tonight, but it's it's getting awfully late. I don't see how I can possibly go through black law and what time's left. I guess we're going to have to have you on again. It's very important. He's asking a question, see, and he doesn't understand the answer. There's a difference between common law and common law courts. There is no such thing as a common law court in federal jurisdiction. I told you, except the United States District Court of the District of Columbia and the International Court of Trade and Settlement. They're the only two courts in the United States that can that can try in English common law. All the other courts are Roman civil law courts. And they proceed under code and rule pleading, which is Babylonian Talmudic law. And that's all laid out in Black's law, English common law, and in, in the Talmudic law, and the, in the Roman law, and six other jurisdictions, one of which is also mentioned, admiralty. But what is admiralty? What other law is equal to admiralty? What, when you use an admiralty proceeding, what are you walking into? Uniform commercial code is 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 on that plane. No, it is not. It Go is ahead. Talmudic law. That's okay. sacred mythology. Uniform commercial code is Jewish. All right, listen, I got to go. Listen, okay. this is my last comment. The rule established by decision of Supreme Court that state statute impressing a trust against assets of collecting bank in event of insolvency could not be applied to national banks was not overruled by subsequent decision of Supreme Court in Erie Railroad Company versus Tompkins on theory that earlier rule was decided under federal general common law, existence of which was denied by the subsequent decision. And that's uh, 7 P.S. P, 7P.S.PA.Section 224, but it's also 12 USCA Section 194, Tompkins v. Bender, 42F sub 211. And that's just basically saying that there was an earlier federal common law that Erie did away with. Wouldn't you agree to that? It, basically, yes, but I'm telling you, the common law on the federal court levels was done away with an 1814. It's what it says right on the federal court's own website. 1814, the federal courts did away. When they changed from being United States district courts, or from courts, district courts of the United States, to being United States district courts in 1814, they did away with the common law jurisdiction. What you're doing in Erie Railroad is coming back, and it now applies the, the abolishing of the common law on the state level. And they so that all courts were to do it, as, as Angela told you. There used to be justice of the peace. There used to be justice of the peace not only in California, but in New York. They don't have them anymore. They're now judges. We don't have justice of the peace anymore. They've done away with it. And we used to have municipal courts, and they don't do that anymore either. Well, we that. still have municipal courts here in, 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 in New York State, but the... So they tell you that they've got a justice, but the actually is not because they're a judge. They have to go to a judge school and six weeks of, of judgeship before they can even sit. And uh, each town 
they had a town justice also had a town constable. They don't have town constables anymore, which are common law. They're all gone. All common law stuff is gone. We don't even have sheriffs in the state of New York. I can show well, you that in the law book. I believe you. We do here still. All sheriffs in New York, north of Westchester County, are law enforcers. They are not peace officers. They're only sheriff in name only. And it says so right in the law book. Yeah, you know what? I think that's true here in California because they do whatever they're told. They don't do what the people And that's want. exactly what our local sheriff told me. He says, I act under the, under the color of law, and I only do what the judge tells me to do. Yeah. But yet but the law, if he were truly a sheriff, yeah. he is the supreme ruler, and he tells the judge what to do. Right, and he was elected by the people. Yeah, and the judge is not. Right. Well, you have a, you have a self-appointed dictator dictating to the man who's supposed to be in charge, right. but he's not. All right. Well, David, it's been three hours and 27 minutes. Uh, we have one more person with their hand up. Money Mike is back. Did you want to answer it? I, I can try. Okay. <laughs> okay, Mike, you're our last caller. Well, I got good news. Uh, Donaldson uh, uh, showed me up on that, So, uh, and then uh, I had a little incident happen earlier, so uh, I completely forgot what the hell the question I was. So you oh. got off lucky this time, Sir Dave. Oh. <laughs> I'm only serious. I'm sorry. But uh, there will be always next time, uh, and I look forward to having a ni- nice little healthy debate with you two in the future. How's about that? Sounds good. <laughs> David, uh, David, do you want to come on next week? Huh? you want to come on next Thursday? That's up to you, Angela. Well, I would like to get to the Black Slaw and all that other stuff. I, I do, know. too. Next Thursday, I have to go somewhere in the morning. I, I, I presume I'd be home in time. Well, I mean, if there's a problem, let me know. Otherwise, tentatively, we'll schedule you for next Thursday. Yeah, because I wanted to go over the Black's Law, and, and you're looking at at least an hour to two hours of going over just one definition, just one definition in law. But I have to explain it step by step for people to understand. There are six jurisdictions laid out in Black's Law, six jurisdictions. Okay. But yet people do not understand what jurisdictions there are what and how the jurisdictions work. Words, I thought jurisdiction was type of control or something like that, or what control they have over somebody. We can cover that on the 26th yeah. of May. That's next yeah. Thursday. Um, yeah, here's a so question gonna... for Angela. Here's a question for him to think about. Okay. What is the fundamental instrument which establishes jurisdiction? Who establishes jurisdiction? Controversy. What is, what is required to be within the document to establish the jurisdiction? There's some good questions for you. Most okay. people have no idea what establishes or who establishes jurisdiction of a court. And here's another good question. How do you change jurisdiction? I just told you earlier that a judge changes jurisdiction by recessing the court, walking out of the courtroom, putting on another hat, and coming back in. But he never tells you that he changed jurisdictions. But how do you, if you're a defendant in a case, 
how do you change jurisdictions? There's oh. a good one for you. Are you going to make me wait? Yep. <laughs> it's all in black law. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I'm going to write it in the chat here. How do you change jurisdiction? As a defendant, how do you change jurisdiction? A D E F A. As a defendant. And it's important to understand you're coming in there in Roman civil law. There are very, very few states that are so called common law states. Almost everything is Roman civil law. And as I say, common law is judge rule. That's judge law. I'd rather have Roman law because you have the maximums of law and the maximum law are written in stone. No judge can overrule, overturn, or deny a maximum of law. You hold his feet to the fire and he has to grant relief. Very good. Well, you got to go. I got to go. My son's caregiver is walking out the door. Okay. I appreciate you, David, very much. Thank you for coming on and spending three hours and 32 minutes with us. And uh, I look forward to next Thursday. Oh, but I should mention next Thursday. What am I hearing? What is that? Is that you, David? My phone went dead. Oh, sorry. Uh, next Thursday, though, the first I can give it some minutes. battery juice left if you need it. <laughs> Okay, the next uh, next Thursday, the first 20 minutes are going to be uh, Varaco calling us from the slammer. Sorry about my dog is barking. Um, so, I guess the system uh, works for him, doesn't it? Huh? I guess the system works, doesn't it? What do you <laughs> calling mean? Calling from the slammer. As far as Rock, you mean from Rocco? Yeah. No. Poor Rocco, you know, he yeah. gets a... He did uh, the Tammy Faye thing, a Tammy Faye peppermint thing, and, uh, well, I guess it didn't work Tammy out Faye. well. So. <laughs> I almost was, I have to admit, I almost was going to say, like, what did you start crying and mascara running down his face? I should that probably say Faye, that. Yeah. I didn't mean her. I meant ta- Tammy Peppermint. But um, oh, anyway. Okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you, David. I love you. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We will see you again next Thursday. Right. And to everybody, you, Mike, also, thank you so much. And uh, have a great weekend. And, uh, Beautiful. So that's okay. All right. What? Bye. Thank you, Angela. Thank you so much. Have fun. Have a great weekend. And uh, we'll see you next time. Good night.